Blog Talk Radio. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. We're going to talk about something we know you're going to love. Star Trek Wines. We've been following Star Trek Wines since they launched about four or five years ago. Every year they come out with two new and authentic products. Fans of the original series, Deep Space Nine, The Next Generation, and the new Picard series will recognize several of these amazing Star Trek Wines from each series. The entire Star Trek Wines collection celebrates some of Star Trek's most enduring legacies, Jean-Luc Picard, the Klingon Empire, Cardassian culture, and the United Federation of Planets. Right now, Star Trek Wines is featuring its full collection, all six bottles in an interplanetary six-pack called the Full Armada, a must-have for any Star Trek fan. Over the next six weeks, we're going to sample and explore each wine and talk to the creators about how they put these wines together. These wines are rich in detail, including individually numbered bottles, hand wax dipped enclosures, 3D rendered bottles created from the original props used on the shows, and even a blue Chardonnay. Liner notes crafted by writer Una McCormick for historical accuracy are all part of the package. The elegant Chateau Picard Old World French Crew Bordeaux is produced by and imported from the real Chateau Picard in France. Over the next few weeks, we'll be sampling and reviewing the full collection, as well as looking into the newest wines just released in 2021. An Andorian Blue Special Reserve Chardonnay, which features a United Federation of Planets metal medallion, silk screen designs, and a stellar blue wine sought after throughout the galaxy. We'll also do a deep dive in the legendary Cardassian Canar, long considered one of the Holy Grail collectibles in the Star Trek universe. So join us as we go behind the scenes with the team behind Star Trek Wines. Welcome to the United Fermentation of Planets, where no glass has gone before. I do have a special guest. Oh, yeah? This is, this is, I had to, like, freaking look to remember which house is yours for the address because I couldn't visually remember it. Oh, I would, That's how yeah, my brain is yeah. becoming. I'm like, okay. This is ridiculous. You no, know, text me too, but I, yeah, once I, I'm one of those guys that once I go once to a place. I, I normally am. Yeah. Yeah, wait till you're my age. <laughs> Start leaking brain matter like oatmeal out of the side of your head on a regular basis. Be like, oh God. I used to know that really, really well. Yeah. So because this is Klingon blood wine, mm-hmm. and because it is, uh, I have brought as a special guest. Oh, yeah. Chancellor Galron <laughs> making a special appearance, and he has. A glass 
Oh my gosh, you've got a classic Klingon boy. He actually borrowed it from the uh, he borrowed it from the, uh, like the cantina on Lost Island. Did he? Okay. Don't, don't tell those guys. Yeah, yeah. If things get really brutal, he's gonna whip this out. He's got the necklace with him. That's right. So let's hope it doesn't get too ugly. So this is the Playmates one from the '90s, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. I only have uh, I have a Picard and I have a Riker. And I think that's it for Playmates figures. And we we they've been played with like crazy, so all the joints are all super loose. And but this Gowron is amazing. He's even got the crazy eyes. Yeah, you gotta have crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Robert so O'Reilly, cool. man, I love that guy. He's just yeah. he's so good. So awesome. He, I think he was on um, the uh, the Trek Talking show before I joined the show. Really? Yeah, he had uh, Jim had I think both Gowron and Martok on once wow. together. That's great. And he's got this great recording of him uh, from a convention uh, that he just took out his phone, where. Uh, What's his name again? The guy that plays Martok. Uh, well, I know Robert O'Reilly is Gowron. Yeah. I Martok is... As soon as I hear it, I'm going to say... I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. That's something that I should... No, I have to look that up because I'm like... Yeah. Again, memory, bad. Oh, yeah, G.G. Hertzler. Yeah, so, Jay wouldn't have got that at all. Yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> so he's got this obscure character actor for sure. So he's got this great recording of J.G. Hertzler singing like the Klingon, like a Klingon drinking song in ah, Klingon ah, ah, at this convention. It's really cool. He plays it every once in a while. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is that like your mic? Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, this is my mic. So this is my recorder. This is my Zoom recorder. Wow. Um, so it's a wireless mic. Yeah, it's just battery powered and uh, it's already rolling and it's got, uh, you know, myriad ways that you can adjust it into different formats and stuff. And I do recordings. Uh, it's pretty good for like close-up stuff like this, but I also do recordings of big rooms, like when our acapella choir sings in a space. I'll wow. usually record it with this, and it it's got a you need to do like a 90 degree arc with it, or you can do a 180 degree arc with it. Amazing. Yeah. So you can just sit back like this distance, and it picks up. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's got great. a really good game, yeah. And that's I mean, awesome. this room is fairly, with the big couch in here and stuff, it doesn't ring around too much. You got a little carpet on the floor. Great. There, so, yeah. yeah. So tell me what you envision and what you'd like me to do. Well, I don't know. I just thought that we'd kind of um, have fun opening just totally this file. Just, just go. Just go with it, yeah. man. I mean, okay. I've got, like, a couple of notes that I might bring up, like, here, just as trivial trivia things. But, okay, you know, great. Um, so maybe what I'll do is... Um, Maybe I'll just do like a little intro, and then we'll kind of like start talking about the bottle and stuff to start with. Okay. Is that cool. All right. And yeah, I'm totally game to just roll with ad right, cool. There's a lot of improvisational theater. So, oh, excellent. So I'm willing to improv. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. Whatever helps the whatever helps the cause, Picard. <laughs> I would be your chadich for this adventure. Oh, that is so good. So good. Well, uh, okay. So, hi. Um, I'm Eric with track talking and then I've got with me my good friend Paul uh, from Portland, Oregon. Paul and I have known each other for a number of years and we're also joined by special guest Gowron here, <laughs> the Playmates figure from the 1990s which Paul brought with him. 
Because it's not nerdish enough to be sitting around drinking Star Trek wines without bringing some kind of toy accessory into the mix as well. Because otherwise, go big or go home, right? That's right. That's right. You you have to have it all. And he's even got the blood wine cup. And in case things get out of hand, he's got a mechlet to take care of business. So (laughs) this is a good thing. Or in case he can't open the wine bottle. Maybe it'll come in handy for that. Which I must tell you, I'm a little worried about with this bottle. So um, Don't. Man, don't. So today, that's openable. Yeah, I'm so telling you, this looks really cool. So, um, Trek Talking was fortunate enough to be contacted by the good folks from StarTrekWines.com, and they uh, were willing to send us something called the Armada Six, which is one bottle of each one of their um, signature wines. Here, they many of them come in fancy bottles. There's reds and whites, um, and they have super cool descriptions of them on their website and that sort of thing, and. Uh, Paul and I are going to be enjoying these bottles together over the course of the next six weeks or so. Uh, and we are starting today with the Klingon blood wine. And the Klingon blood wine looks, it looks really cool. So what you're saying is you want to start kind of from a subtle perspective, right? And then gradually get crazier. Okay. I kind of felt like, you know, punching each other in the face right away was a good place to start. I did make Paul promise not to headbutt me, though. There'll be none of that. No, no. So um, so this bottle uh, has some Klingon on the front, um, which is really cool. And I looked this up, and uh, first of all, it's got a big Klingon symbol right on the front here. And then underneath it is a Klingon saying, and the, the Klingon translates as, Drink now, for tomorrow we may die, um, which I think is apropos to any Klingon. And then there's, yeah, this whole thing back here. So I, do you care to read that thing? Can you read that back there? Because I thought it was a really cool... Um, just the bottom part no, or the, the whole, whole thing? the whole paragraph here, yeah. All right. And do you want to just read it uh, like just, we were here? Okay. Yeah, let's just read it. Since the dawn of the Empire, Klingon mythology speaks of captains and generals carrying barrels of their favorite blood wine into battle to celebrate their victories. For more than a millennium, honor, duty, and tradition have been the cornerstones of Klingon culture. Blood wine has long been part of the Klingon ethos and played an important role in uniting the great houses. Blood wine is ritually consumed by warriors being inducted into the order of the backless. Utilizing the same ancient methods as the great Klingon vintners, the grapes used to create this traditional blood wine were cultivated to produce strong fruit, vibrant colors, and bold flavors. Fill your goblet and rejoice, for tomorrow we may die. Oh, that is just, my blood is literally running faster than it was four minutes ago. It just, I'm already getting pumped up for this. And your hair is a lot longer, too. <laughs> it looks like you might be, I don't know, in Molly Hatchet or Slayer, potentially. Uh, it, it happens, you know, the forehead sort of starts to take over and everything sort of slides to the back and becomes long and glorious. Before you know it, you've got weird silver spurs on the front of your boots. It's just, you know, ridiculous. You're it's, taking apart your wallet and your phone making a gun out of it. It's just, you know. Like, these things happen. You drink enough blood wine, you never know. Yeah, you never know. And, you know, <laughs> No, it, uh, you just you blame it on someone else's house if something goes wrong. There are 24 of them, uh, 23 of which you can blame something on and not That's be culpable. That's a lot of fall guys. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the empire has thrived really, for so long. That's right. It's a century. 
Uh, honorably, honorably success is what it says at the bottom of that, and I won't even plan to try and pronounce it in Klingon. It's like battle. Can you pronounce Klingon? No. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, is it phonetic? Well, I don't know. I don't Which part am I here? This right here. Battle. Kapla. There we go. Very nice. That's my, done. you know. That's our. That's, that's our, my, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I'll do it much better after I've drank some of this stuff. So. <laughs> We've been joined by midnight. Uh, my dog will come and go as we uh, as we enjoy our wine here. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? Should we crack this puppy? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. So, um, There's a mighty sheath of wax on top there, which not surprisingly is red. It is red, and it is extremely thick. Uh, I think uh, I read something on the website about each one is expertly hand-dipped uh, in wax. And this is where we hope that Eric doesn't, like, sever a thumb oh my gosh. and make a trip to the emergency departments. We don't want that to happen. So, a you know, despite the, you know, the tendency towards, you know, unbridled mayhem that Klingons have, be careful, my friend. Yes. Just for these last few moments here. Oh, let's see. Here we go. He's going to do it. Let's scrape it off here. It's like a, it's like peeling a candle. There we go. Excellent. Ooh, okay, so you take the Ooh, wax right off the top. Right on top. I'm seeing it. There's the symbol. There's a nice Klingon the symbol. The glorious Klingon Empire. Right Gosh, I hate to poke a bottle opener in that. It's <laughs> So I believe there was some uh, in the, some of the Klingon marketing material I saw. It said that there would be a unique phrase, right, on each I do on each think I believe I remember I that. I believe so. so. Not uh, spoiler alert here, but spoiler. I'm you know, but we don't know what that phrase will be. Well, let's give it a try. Hopefully, it's in English. Otherwise, we'll have to pull out our Klingon translator. No. Right. Hello, midnight. Hi, buddy. Hello. I'm gonna try some of this wine. All right, here we go. Uh, Oh, it's around the oh, edges. Oh, well done. Smoothly done, sir. Mmm, nice. Taking a whiff of the cork. It smells really fruity to me. Yeah, let's see what we got to work with here. Okay, uh-huh. there's all kinds of uh, graphics on here. Holy smoke, it's and all in Klingon. It's all in graphics, and then uh, there's a web address or two, and it does kind of require that one be able to read Klingon. It does. I'm not sure how to translate that without uh, inputting symbol by symbol, so we'll have to maybe uh, save that and give that a go another day, uh, because that's not going to be easily translatable. You know, a little known fact about Galron, right? He's a terrific orator, great speaker, but he's illiterate. He can't read, so, um, you know, we can't, you know... What are you going to do, Gavron? Yeah, what are you going to do? He's just not right able to help here, us out. And but, he can't uh, even help us. You know, he's, he's used to just using his words to get what he uh, wants, <laughs> not read the words of others. So. Well, this is kind of nice because the cork can uh, act, I think, is just about the right height for uh, to be a stool for Gavron. I think right? so. If he, he drinks so much he can't stand up on his own anymore. I will just rest myself here. <laughs> Sweet. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go for it, sir. All right. So Paul's going to give our first pour here. Really nice. There, super reddish, purplish. And what we know, and we don't know much, but we know something. We know that this is, in fact, a cabernet. Okay. Right. That, yep. that for sure we know, and it is perhaps if the house of Gowron had an earthbound relative. They might be living, maybe, at the E2 family winery in Lodi, California. Possibly. Ah, that's, Lodi, California. That's, that's the sense I get from, from looking at some of the fine print on here. There's a lot of warnings about sulfites and the Surgeon General and operating machinery. 
so do not try to operate the transporter, Eric, after you've leave that to the sober professionals. I never would. You. I never would. I never drink in transport. All right. All right. Taking a nice look at those. Got here. We're recording in a nice sunny daylight room, so you can get a chance to actually hold this up and check it out in the uh, in the sunlight here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is. What are you noticing? That is deeply red and rich. That is no uh, Beaujolais Nouveau. That is something thick and eddy. It's a really beautiful color. It's I don't even know how to describe it. A deep burgundy, purpley color. I really like the smell of it myself. Mm. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's nice. That's a monster. I actually like got um, some. Yeah, it's really, it's really flavorful. I mean, it, that's the kind of wine I like. Is I like a, a wine that does punch you right in the face. Yeah, a little bit more of a. Are you a, more of a white guy? A white, white, white wine no, guy. At all? No, I'm a red wine guy. But, I'm the same uh, way. Yeah, yeah. And I love Zinfandels and things like that. Yeah, that are big, same here. Big and bold. And this has, um, it's, it's got, it's really fruity, which yeah. I like. Um, and it's not too dry. I don't like those wines that are a little kind of, what is that word, tannic or something that yeah. that coat your tongue a little bit too much. Yeah. This has got a lot of super deep fruit to it, almost like a... Almost like a Zimson Dallas. If you had an angry, uh, <laughs> an angry jar of, of like Marionberry jam in your fridge, right? Oh yeah, cling on Marionberry. Yeah, jam. it's just been right. I said, I'm tired of waiting to be spread on someone's toast. Let me out. Yeah, very super berry, very super forward with that. Well, I do feel like it is definitely a wine that sort of speaks of Klingons to me simply because of its boldness, for sure. Yeah. It just like, it's not shy. And it's been open all 30 seconds, so it's like, man, yeah. that's going to go nuts when it opens up a little bit. Is there a particular thing? What else do we need to know about this? For tomorrow we may die. Does it say what kind of... So presumably all the grapes are maybe California grapes. I think they probably are, but there's no telling, right? Yeah. So, oh, here it is. 2018. I was wondering where the vintage was. It's up in here in the... At the very top, 2018 Cabernet Sauvignon, California. What's the what's the winery again? E is it just bottled by E2? Is that what it says? Some wines, older people that find print challenges yeah. sometimes. This is like way finer print. Here we go. E2 Family Winery, as in E equals MC squared. I suppose. E2 Family Winery. Lodi, California. Mm -hmm. They have a very nice website, it looks like. They've got a wine club. CBS Studios. Oh, the Ellers. The Eller family history. With the wine, within the wine business began early in the days of Prohibition. Oh, that sounds fascinating. So I wonder how you get in with the with the Klingons to be able to bottle their wine. I don't know. you got to have to... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be really a, a smooth talker. So, you know, some kind of diplomacy going on, right? You, you must be able to, uh, you know, and you can't be, uh, you know, I think you have to be kind of alpha, right? 
Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't think I don't, you can get away with being all, like, you know, You can't subdued. get pushed around. No, because the Klingon's not going to respect no, you. No, because they're going to test you. Right. Right? They're going to see if you're worthy. They're going to headbutt you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, is this, can this person be our chadich? Yes or no? That's Are they right. worthy of our respect? Because, you know, it's, uh, what's the deal? You know, and you're like not sure what to, uh, you know. So one of the things that I was that I didn't know and I still don't really know because it seems like I looked it up on Memory Alpha and it seems like maybe the jury's out a little bit is what Klingon blood wine is actually made of now presumably it's made of blood because they have that in the name uh, but I don't, we don't know whose blood what kind of blood uh, animal blood, blood. Is it animal blood? Is, is it, it the blood of your enemies? Yeah. Is it, you know... Or is it just named that because it's used in rituals where blood is shed? And that's what I'm wondering right? is... Like, we don't know. Maybe it is actually a wine made from a fruit, you know, albeit extremely... Because I don't know how you would ferment blood. Like, wouldn't you have to have... Uh, a lot of sugar in it to then have something else to eat that to make the alcohol isn't that and supposedly blood wine is extremely boozy <laughs> I, would think so. I would think so so it's probably not designed for a lot of long-term storage i don't think so it's probably designed to be drank quickly it comes out like as strong as it's going to be and you drink it as quickly as possible and you keep a stash uh, on your ship you know yeah. if you're the captain you probably have your own personal stash in the back that's just for emergencies yeah. that, that maybe so i don't I wonder if it's just. Uh, I, I, I worry that somewhere in the audience is a super Klingon fan someplace who's just flinching because we don't know all I this know. minutia. If you're listening to this spot right now and know the answer to this question, please give us a call. Call in right now. <laughs> because we would like to know the answer. Put down that bowl of raw octopus tentacles you're eating. That's right. <laughs> call us. Leave the guy. Enlighten us so we know. Uh, we would really appreciate that. It is delicious wine, though. Yeah, super jammy. Um, it's it's one of those wines that makes you want a great big piece of cheese to go with it. It's it just, does. Like, I was just super red. That. Oh, geez, and we have those crackers too that I uh, those palate cleansers. Palate, I'm gonna go grab a couple of those. He's going. He's going. That's okay. That's never a good idea, by the way. But uh, I'm sure what could possibly go wrong? Everything will be fine. I figured there wasn't a live audience, so maybe I was safer. <laughs> We're not on delay or anything, right? No. I don't worry about, like, you know. I know the George Carlin words. I know what not to say. Yeah, so, exactly. What is there? Like seven of them or something? Yeah, supposedly, yeah. I think I think in this day and age, it's more like 70,000. You know. Well, or zero, depending yeah. on how you look at it. True, the truth. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to leave those there. Yeah, if there's crumbs, there's crumbs. You know, you don't worry about crumbs on a... No, I've got this kind of nice little placemat here. Yeah, I know. Courtesy of the folks. Did that come with the case? So it came with the case. So, wow. when, you, so when you open the case, um, it's kind of cool. You open it up. And first of all, it's a gigantic case. And there's only six bottles, but it looks like it could hold 18 bottles. Because each wow. one is packed in one of those nice uh, two-sided cardboard holders that looks like it could hold... I don't know if they could hold a magnum-sized bottle, but they're bigger. Okay. You know, and uh, and there's six of those in there, and so you open it up, and then on top they've got kind of just 
a little bit of information, then they send you this little poster uh, as just a little extra, which was I thought was kind of cool. Very cool, yeah. yeah. They're big on the marketing here, clearly. They are, and you know, uh, I mean, I'll, I think a lot of the appeal of these is this amazing uh, bottle design, of course. Um, I think a lot of people are probably going to collect these, and you know, no one's putting these bottles in their recycling bin. No, sure. they, they I mean, are not a chance because you look at all of them, right? In, uh, they're all really unique. Yeah. Uh, even either one of us is like a huge white wine person. Mm. It doesn't sound like, but no. like you look at like the uh, the United Federation of Planets uh, wine, the Andorian wine, mm -hmm. right? Probably some kind of a uh, Sauvignon Blanc or a Chardonnay or some kind of white wine there. But it's in the, this kind of narrowly kind of fluted top bottle. It almost looks like the old. Uh, bottle of like Saurian brandy mm -hmm. that Scotty would carry around from oh, time yeah. to time and has that kind of a vibe to it. Yeah, and sure. uh but yeah, there's a crazy relationship between alcohol and science fiction, right? That is kinda interesting. Um and you you see it in I think one of the most interesting things about that in Star Trek is that there's it's most of it is synthahol on the Federation side of things, yeah. right? Like there's this idea that I guess I always want to be ready for duty, so I'm not going to do anything that sort of impairs your ability, impairs your ability to, you know, to do that. Uh, yeah. you know. And so I guess people are just kind of enjoying it for the taste. I yeah. guess so. I'm not really sure how that works. I don't either, because isn't that part of the joy of any sort of... And are people's like, inhibitions affected? I mean, people seem to be having a good time in, like, 10 forward when you see them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but you know, I'm not really sure to what degree they are. Maybe it's just a placebo effect or something like that. It could be. It could be, you know, I mean, and I guess if you're... One thing I was trying to keep in mind, too, is that it's a military vessel, and so, you know, these people are on duty for whatever, eight, ten-hour shifts, and they've got their own pursuits, uh, and then they've got social time. Like, they've got tons, you would think that they'd have tons of time to kill. Yeah. Uh, and so what are you going to do? Hang out with your friends? Drink synthol? I don't know. Not <laughs> if you're in the engineering department, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. God, he's got you coming. No, there. he's like he's going for the <laughs> original product. So right. yeah, it's funny though. But we've been, have you watched um, um, just veering off road slightly? Yeah. Have you watched uh, For All Mankind yet? No. On Apple. No. Highly recommended science fiction series. Um, it's just wrapped. Uh, I think it, the second season aired earlier this fall around the holidays, and I got to it late, so we just now have started to get in there and just wrapping it up now. But okay. uh, really amazing show. Really. And What's the premise? Well, the premise is it's uh, from Ronald D. Moore. Oh, okay. Right, who himself is no stranger to Star Trek, sure, yeah. and who gave I mean, the world the, yeah. the reimagined Battlestar. So yeah. good shops in the writing department, and in this universe of this story uh it's uh, a little bit of an alternative universe and in the late, uh, late 60s the russians beat us to the moon okay. they land on the moon first okay. and so basically the, the starting off point is that and it's like how would that have changed everything mm -hmm. right so it's very much kind of in that right stuff mm -hmm. mindset with mm -hmm. everybody it's starting off the heyday of like the apollo program but then things change yeah differently and they use a lot of uh like archival footage of like actual stuff that happens like with you know President Reagan talking to things like that and yeah. cleverly do a little zelig editing to change stuff but then it becomes a race to see who can establish a foothold on the moon first and uh, without giving anything away there's like a base up there but of course one of the first things that you see happen 
when people go into this, how do we smuggle alcohol? Oh, okay. Okay. There is a point to this story, Paul. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's just, of course, it's like, it's like, are we smuggling up candy? Are we smuggling no, no. up meat? Are yeah. we, no, no, no. We're smuggling up booze. Alcohol and yeah. porn, probably. Booze and cigarettes, yeah. apparently, are a, it's oh, a high okay, demand sure. thing for astronauts in the mid 70s on the moon. So hilarious. But it seems like it does tend to rear its head one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of crazy. But that, it's on Apple. I would definitely okay. check it out. Uh, probably one of the smarter sci fi shows uh, I've seen in a while. Um, like a that. lot of real characters. Like Sally Rides in there was this season, right? Yeah. Like she's a character. Right? Really? Yeah. Um, you know, and real historical figures from like NASA, like Werner von Braun. Oh, yes. Um, Neil Armstrong. Uh-huh. You know, um, Deke Slayton. You know, and they're characters. It's yeah. like, I don't know how the lawyers work around that where they're like wow. you know, real people but they want uh, to negotiate with their estates or something or, I yeah. guess I don't know but terrific uh, terrific show and I guess it's the third season coming this year but okay. I would say sci-fi wise that's uh, you know now that the expanse is gone it, I, and I still haven't watched the latest season I uh, uh, <laughs> didn't look <laughs> was that a sigh no, no, I don't I'm, I want to be careful about what I say don't say anything yeah, don't <laughs> say anything yeah, did you I, like the last season did I like the last one? Yeah. Um, so you're caught up with everything except this curse. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And did you like it? I mean, I generally have liked the arc. I, I, it's getting a little, it's getting a little bonkers. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the thing that I really liked about the show when I first started watching it was all the hard sci-fi. I loved the way the ships moved yeah. and like just. Like that really puts you in the right place. Like I'm actually in space. You know, yeah. it's not Star Trek. It's 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 something that's almost could happen in a hundred years yeah. or something like. And that. there's a reason for stuff. And, they and there's a reason for stuff. And so you know, as the show goes on, it gets a little bit more and more bonkers and a little bit more things and and you know, people coming back from the dead but not really being there, but then kind of being there and then not coming back and you know. So I guess what I'm saying is, I gave the last season probably about a six, and before that I had given previous seasons, you know. Higher. I would say I'm right there with you. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything about this season. Okay. Say watch it, fair. you know, because, yeah. you know, I like to avoid biasing when I can. But, you know. Unless I'm biasing you in a positive way. Well, <laughs> in a way that serves your own like, like I just, <laughs> purposes. Like I just sold two seasons of For All Mankind really hard. Right? <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, yeah, you'll love it. It sounds awesome. It's awesome. I love that the guy that plays uh, Aaron Wright on The Expanse is on Star Trek Discovery now. Have you been paying attention to the latest season of Discovery? He is on there. He's the scientist. He is, Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a couple episodes behind, but yeah, yeah he is on there. Yeah, yeah he's him. great. And it's and he's kind of playing, it's not the same, I mean, it's a similar character in that he absolutely has alternative motives the entire time, but nobody else knows what they are except... That guy's awesome. I remember him from Big Love. Oh, on HBO, okay. he was like Bill Paxton's brother. Okay. On that show. Okay. Yeah, terrific stuff. Huh. Yeah, well, you just—it's a mistake to even get me started on like TV stuff, just because I'll, you know, veer off away from Star Trek. You know. <laughs> oh look. Deep. Yeah. What? What is this? You know, uh, twirl. <laughs> it's like that phenomenon, Jenny, Jenny, right? Yeah. It's like, oh look. But uh, it's been a lot of stuff. Uh, we just watched. Uh, the first half of the last season of uh, Ozark. Haven't seen that yet. Oh my! Have you watched any of Ozark? No. Oh my God! Are you in for it? What channel is that on? Uh, it is on 
Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Like crime, Fargo type mm-hmm. stuff. Oh yeah, sure. Crime, uh, yeah. Elmore Leonard type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's smart. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't disappoint. Oh, it hasn't derailed yet. I think that Karen and I probably could use a new show, so maybe that's. A I would. It's so. super addictive. It's like. Okay. You know, but you won't. It's I. It's pretty much impossible to just watch one episode. Oh wow! And you'll be like, because they write the hell out of this thing. Okay. So I would. I would recommend it. You know, I'm always just like, it should be as good as, you know, the same benchmark you hold up for good sci-fi. Yeah. Right. Where it's just like, okay, if it's not like sort of classic status, why are we bothering? Like, if you want to revisit. So you were showing me your your future world thing the other day, your your figure that you had. Oh yeah, and yeah, so yeah. What did you think of Westworld? The new one? Yeah. I'm not so high on it. Yeah. I got to be honest. I I really wanted to be. Me too. Yeah. I really wanted to be because there's some great people involved creatively behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, it's tough because it's like I. Uh, you know, grew up where a lot of the stuff in the media I consumed that made me who I was was, you know, devoured during the 70s, right? I mean, a lot of it, right? And it's just, you know, for a huge chunk of my formative years, uh, back in my day, we didn't have your fancy streaming networks like you do now. Right. I mean, you basically, you a show showed up on TV. Be there. A movie on TV, there it was. Yeah. And you don't know when you were going to see that again. Yeah. It might be years, mm-hmm. but this you know, the hated pre-home video, which when I was a little kid, forget about it. You didn't know it. So anytime the original Westworld movie was on, the Michael Crichton uh-huh. thing, is, it was basically the template for a Jurassic Park, uh-huh. right? Futuristic theme park. You think you got everything figured out. Everything goes south. Yep. Everything is bad, right? It is Jurassic Park with androids, uh-huh. right? So great premise, uh-huh. right? And But it's just so iconic, you know, and you got Yul Brynner as the gunslinger, uh-huh. right? So... To revamp it, and I thought, oh, Ed Harris, how can you go wrong with that? But I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't uh, fire me up the same way. It just seems like it's, you know. I'm not sure what it is. If it's the lack of, it doesn't feel like it's got depth. It sort of makes its statement right away, and then it doesn't really go deeper, go into. I don't know. I didn't watch the whole thing because I, I watched one season of it and I was kind of like, yeah. That's kind of how we were. Yeah, we yeah. tried, but I just couldn't get... Yeah. I just felt it was just kind of like... It's it's a weird, intangible thing to say. And, you know, it's hard to define it. But when you start to feel like, okay, things just are feeling a little pretentious. Mm. I'm feeling we're kind of in this pretentious place where we're kind of, you know, trying to deliberately be art with a capital A. And it's just, I don't mm. know. It just wasn't as entertaining. Yeah. So it just kind of lost me. But, uh, but the original, oh, my God. That's just only a sample of what craziness is on those shows. I know. Well, I just, I in know. the background of any photo, I see all these things, and, like, you sent me a couple photos over the years, and, yeah. um, yeah. It's really bad. He's talking about this collector room. That right. I have, that, <laughs> which is glass cases which is, of... Which is insane. Figures and figures and that, figures. Yeah, figures it's, I've, I've literally, I'd say, 85% of the time when I show it to somebody for the first time, they will audibly gasp uh-huh. when I open the door, because uh-huh. it's just insane. Yeah. It's just nuts. Because I have, you know, no impulse control, apparently. Apparently at all. 
<laughs> I have had to learn impulse control. And the thing is, is uh, when I've lost my impulse control, it's been on things that are very tiny, so I can always pack them up and put them away. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I, God help me. If I ever have to move, I'm just like, you know, I'm in a ba- bad place. I know. Bad place. I know. But, uh, but some people have like a giant wine cellar in their house, as I can see the appeal of that. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, I have like the toy equivalent of that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. So it's just like, oh, you need a um, uh, General Veers from the 1995 Power of the Force release? Hold on one second. I'll go, and you know, I can go find that for you. Well, and what's amazing is that you have a wife that obviously at least lets you do it, if not supports it. I don't <laughs> it's, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's, I, I, she has to shoulder... 80% of the blame, okay, yeah. really, okay. because, okay. you know, here I, I mean, she met me, and I'm like, okay, it's, it's kind of like the thing where you have to, anybody who like fans, toy people out there in the audience, you may relate to this, but <laughs> there comes a point where it's like, I have to tell the person I like that I'm into whatever the weird thing I'm into is, right, yeah. and sometimes the stuff you're into is really, okay, they're going to head for the hills, right, right? So, so I have to say, hi, I'm an adult, and I have a good job, I work, I can hold down. I provide, no problem. Very successful at what I do, but I'm super into collecting these little plastic toys, like a lot of them. Why are you leaving? Come back! Come back! You left your shoes, some other article of clothing. Come back! But she was actually okay with it, and you're like, okay, that's the thing he's into. I'm into things that I know he's not into. Yeah. Right? There's all kinds of stuff like that. And she was accepted. That's how you know, I think, when you're with the right person, mm-hmm. is when they accept you for who you are. For sure. And uh, when we first moved into the house we're in now, a house built in like 1927, so super old, mm-hmm. coming up on 100 years, right? And the basement was like, you know, the, remember the, like, I would say it kind of is like a hybrid of like, you know, the bad first season of the Brady Bunch and like the, you know, the the basement uh, in Walter White's house in Breaking Bad, right? Okay. It's just yeah. wood paneling yeah. from like the late sixties, just awful, yeah. right? And the way so my basement looks like. Right I mean, really, <laughs> but really bad. I'm sure yours is a thousand times. This was this was this one needed attention. Got Let's it. just put it that way. Got it really it. did. Yeah. And so when we came time to remodel it, right? She's like, Susan's like, well, I you got all this stuff, and you got all these toys, you know, all this, but you're not able to enjoy it. You need to be able to enjoy it and enjoy it while you're here. Oh, nice. Right? So she goes, I think half the space down in the basement, 50% of it, you should make into your thing. Do a thing. Make a toy museum out of it. Enjoy the hell out of it. Okay. But if you don't, what was it? I don't even know where it's from. It's a, what's that quote? Do it now, soon, for the rest of your life. You'll always regret it. I don't know where that's from. Echoing in the back of my mind, but it's just like... Maybe not now, but soon. Okay. Oh, forever and the further ceiling? Well, that's, I don't know. That's a Casablanca thing. But, yeah. I feel like it's a Casablanca line, but I'm it just is. like really, yeah. I'm really... Uh, mis- Maybe not today. Maybe misremembering. Not yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's it. Okay, good. Yeah, so she gave me like the Ilsen speech. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. And I'm like, you really? I can take the money and do the thing and make the thing and hire a person and say, this is what I like. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, how so, the heck did I get so lucky? So it's great. I think it's a good, good plan, though, because she always knows where I'll be. Totally. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he'll be downstairs. Yeah. Unwrapping, you know. Keep you home. Unwrapping <laughs> Rebel Troopers. <laughs> there you, or, you go. Know, <laughs> positioning this new, you know, transporter room or whatever. Right. But it's great, you know, so it's just, you know. And it is amazing these days with the, with the 3D printing and stuff how um, you can just, you know, create whatever you want and then just have somebody 
it's a version of it for you. Oh, you know? it's ridiculous. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Star Trek fans, I'm sure there's a lot of folks listening, I would hope. I would hope. Because it's kind of like one of the few things we had for a while, <laughs> right? Was the Playmates toy line. Yeah. Okay, the Playmates toy line. Yeah. All right. And I am a huge fan of this thing. To me, they're kind of a little cartoony looking in some ways. They're not as specifically realistic as some... Uh, some action figures you have now. No, the, the proportions are always. They're a little, a little off, goofy. You know? They're yeah. kind of four and a half yeah. inch and unique scale size. Yeah. But for folks who love them, and I think it's a lot of folks who are old school Star Trek fans, they're phenomenal they because are. they they covered so, they the Deep Space Nine original series, uh, Next Generation, tons and tons of Next Generation, right and. Uh, they, and now they got the license back, so they're going to start making new stuff yeah. uh, coming out this summer. But it's just this, for years and years and years and years, and I say this because you mentioned 3D printing, right? It's just like, I showed you this, right? They they made the original series crew, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of stuff that fans always got. Oh, I wish they would do this. And they never did, mm-hmm. right, for the original series crew. Mm-hmm. Like the transporter. They never made a tr- real transporter, right? So thanks, Internet, but <laughs> there's a cat out there who does uh, 3D printing, mm-hmm. who's also a huge fan of believing in, like, oh, the stuff that they never made, I wish they did. Mm-hmm. And he makes these amazing Star Trek replicas. I mean, I know a lot of people do them, but this guy, yeah. not all. I yeah. mean, they're just, like, perfect. And so, functional, working, well, I can't beam anyway, functional in quotes. Right, but, you know, right, but light. Two-scale, yeah. perfectly, yeah. looks photorealistic, just like the original series. The control panel was so detailed, I couldn't believe all the little tiny buttons and just mm-hmm. everything. It looked amazing, yeah. And it might be, <laughs> possibly, uh, the, the same guy, possibly, <laughs> might be working on a uh, uh, equivalent of... <laughs> Hello! How are you? Good. You never know who's going to come through here. What are these strange adults talking about? Okay, so you saw the transporter. I did. It might be that the same person kind of got convinced to make, like, a full-size bridge. What? From which ship? From the original? From, the, from oh, which ship? Wow. From, which, from which, ship? which ship, of course. Well, Playmates made a, a bridge for the next gen. Oh, did they? It's, oh, not, it's not really super accurate, right? Okay. I mean, it's a little conde- compressed. To play with, yeah. It's kind of small. It's a yeah. playset, you know? It's good. But this is kind of like wow. legit. This is like pretty accurate, you know? And it's got like a turbo lift, and it's got some stuff. Oh, oh my gosh. Could you put this on there? And he's like, yeah, I could do that. And so that might be something that's coming. So oh, I think once that's in. I think your excuses for not getting the the VIP tour are yeah. over. Yeah, I think, and I'm that's probably in the next that. month. So. Oh, is it really? Oh, that yeah, because that's amazing. that's in the works. But I'm super excited for that because I have, and this is a huge problem. I have no idea where that's going. Okay. Because it's, 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 it's way it's way bigger than I've got space. space. I mean, something's gonna have to get moved around. How big is it gonna be? Like compared to this table. All right. Oh. Got to put his glasses on. Well, that means I got to read because you asked me to remember something specific. Oh, okay, okay. You well, asked me, I, to, you know, you keep talking while I look it up, but well, it's it's big. Well, I just because like, it's it would, to scale with these guys. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say it would have to be so you know to scale with the playmates figure. I'm mean, hoping it's not as big as the coffee table that we're doing this on because if it is, I am. I'm gonna guess it's by 24 by 24 or something on that sort of scale, and I cannot wait to see how like the wood paneling and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is, oh my gosh, look at that. Mm-hmm. This is radio, and it's not TV. Oh, it's beautiful. Good Lord. I mean, it's got the red railing. It's got the... Right? Ooh, look at the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It's gonna oh. have it's got all the individual stations. Exactly. So to answer your question, yeah, it's gigantic. It's big. Yeah, it's gigantic. Wow, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> I want to say thirty-six inches, but I, that doesn't sound right either. So that could be. I mean, this is this is like thirty, probably. I'm excited about these new Discovery Oh, here we go. Figures. Completed bridge measures 24 inches across without turbo lift. So turbo lift adds six and a half inches. So 30 and a, 30 and a half inches, yeah, the overall width. That's so that's size. pretty, that's pretty good big. Yeah. So I need like a, like a you table. A, you need a table. I need to write, that's what I've got like a, <laughs> that's what I've got the, my Moss Eisley Cantina is on like a rotating table. Oh, right? okay. So I'll lose some floor space. Okay. If I get another one of those. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're just gonna have aisles. I know. <laughs> it's gonna be like you know. <laughs> go to Trader Joe's. You're pushing your I shopping know. cart down these narrow. Or aisles. have you been to that? Um, what's that Star Wars shop in? Um, like on the way up to Astoria. What town is that in? Where the guy's got the. Oh man, now I can't remember the name. Oh, and it's not in Aberdeen. It's in. I can already tell you no, because I don't even know what this is. The only Star Wars shop I know of is the one at Washington Square. Okay, this guy has a um, has a Star Wars shop as you head on your way up to Astoria. In Oregon. In Oregon. So Highway 30. So Highway 30 in okay. a small in one of the small towns, but not the smallest one. So it's not. And it's one of the ones that you go through. It's, it's one that's got all the bridges that go over the river. And uh, anyway, I just don't know why I can't think of the name. But any at any rate, um, it's one of those places where the whole place is just full of stuff, and the aisles. Are and there's no wide. room to maneuver. And there's no room to go anywhere because it's like my basement, except I moved it into a storefront. Yeah. And yeah, and it's most it's like ninety nine percent Star Wars. Wow. There's a couple of other things. There's a little Star Trek section in the back with some Playmates figures yeah, that I've grabbed okay. in the past. But yeah, why does Playmates always get second banana? Star Trek always does. It's like the Star Wars people are. I mean, I try to you know be equal opportunity, right? Yeah. I try to you know be faithful to both <laughs> franchises. I'm not like super. You know, I took one of those quizzes once, and it said that I was. Um, 68% Star Trek. Okay. And 34% Star Wars. And I feel like that's about right. You know, I mean, I, I definitely, even when I was a kid, I was a little bit more of the intellectual side of things. Yeah. But I still like running around causing trouble, which is definitely a, a Star Wars type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and there's more mythos and, you know, quote unquote, religion. Mm in Star Wars than mm -hmm. there is in Star Trek. Right? Sure. Star Trek's more hard science. It is. Really? I mean, and, you know, for me, my excuse is, well, I grew up with Star Trek. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we didn't get Star Wars until, you know, midway through high school. Yeah. Dating myself badly, sorry. Old person present, but what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. With, with age comes knowledge, so it's a repository of wisdom. And I came along later, uh, and Star Wars was the first sci-fi that I saw. You know, I mean, the, probably, before you discovered Star Trek. 
Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, I was uh, dating myself uh, seven, eight years old when, seven years old, when Empire Strikes Back came out. Oh, my God. So that was the first movie that I remember seeing with my dad in the theater. Oh, what an incredible experience. With Empire Strikes Back, and then we saw Jedi, and then years later uh, on videotape I would see Star Wars. And then it wasn't until Next Generation, and I got into my college years, that I really started watching a lot of Star Trek, and I was like, holy crap, this is the best science fiction I've ever seen. It's like moral, and it has a purpose, and it leaves questions. It doesn't pretend like it knows all of the answers. Which, we're watch which one? Next Generation. Next Generation, yeah. not Original Series. Yeah, no, So you saw that before Original Series? I did. I started watching because wow. we would watch, when I was in high school, we'd watch Next Generation that night with the family. I convinced them to watch. They were not sci-fi geeks at all, but I was, and it was a primetime show, and I was able to you know, stay up to whatever, 8 o'clock or something at that time. Of course, I was in high school, so you know, I could still watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. And You're way better at arguing to get your way in high school. Absolutely. So, and, yeah. And so we watched that, and then I continued it on when I went to college in the late 80s, early 90s, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Jean-Luc Picard was like the was my moral center for a long time, I think, when yeah. I felt like a lot of other moral centers weren't really working out for me. And then later I would go back and I'd be like, okay, where did this all come from? I, here's what I will say. That's the first Star Trek that I really fell in love with. Um, I did see old TOS episodes in syndication, and in particular I saw them at uh, my public library. My mom would drop me off at the kids' department at the public library, and they had probably about a dozen TOS episodes on 16-millimeter film. Oh, my God. And they would just show those over and over again. So I saw Trouble with Tribbles over and, and over again. And they would project them. And they would project them. They would project them, like, yeah. a movie, like film on a, like on a screen. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So you that's go to great. the kids' department, and at 2 o'clock they play the Star Trek episode, and yeah. Wow. That awesome. That's great. They justified that that's educational. That's I wish great. I knew where those were. Like they, those, they might still be in the vaults of that library for all I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So that was my first intro. But yeah. Jean-Luc Picard was really like when I got Star Trek. That was like okay, that, that was the that was yeah. the gateway drug. That was the that gateway drug. Brought you, brought you yeah. in. Yeah, I like, brought you oh, in the Federation. Oh, you like the Federation? Yeah, come on over. I got other stuff. Got other. You like that? I got other planets for you. You want some more? Yeah, you like Green Girls? I got all kinds of stuff like that. Come on over. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to get in trouble with the audience because we talked Star Wars for a while, I don't right? Do we have that, that platitude? We've actually we, covered... Do we kind of uh, go all over the place? We do. We're, I mean, we're I feel like I'm a catch in your beyond. house, man. I don't want to screw up. Trek talking and beyond, so we go beyond. Okay. And I want to get invited back. I don't want to, like, you know, well, you know throw on the years, carpet. For years, we had no Star Trek, uh, no new Trek to review, so uh, we would often review whatever the latest sci-fi was, Battlestar Galactica or, you know... Okay, uh, so you kind of, you know, encompass the whole... Absolutely. Just so long as we're talking genre and stuff like that we're good okay excellent I'm comfy then that's great I'm screwed up yet oh my nope. god alright I'm having a palate cleansing cracker I'm going to have one too mmm wow the replicator nothing better <laughs> I know it's got that synthetic quality to it that I it really does. like I mean that's kind of what you want in a palate cleansing cracker mm -hmm. right Actually, these have a little salt on them, which is kind of nice, because they actually have a little flavor as a result. Yeah, a little something. Man, crackers are, you know, it's, it's iffy. It's like if you're randomly watching old original series episodes, that can get iffy. You know, they you can could... be a little iffy, and I, so, okay, so let's, let's ask this question. Mm. 
that's one of my favorite questions to ask of people who are familiar with all of the old episodes, particularly TLS. What is the worst episode of TLS? Mm. For me, it's a tie. <laughs> Original series, right? And I love them all, yeah. you know, with the exception of probably three episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think there's three that for me, and I can, I'm, I'm sensing collective recognition in our listeners out there. <laughs> I've got a couple ideas. You said three, I don't know which ones they are. Okay, um, for me, I'll just go, the, the one's just the, you know, when you, because again, it's just like growing up, watching syndication, looking forward to it, oh my god, I hope it's Amok time, oh my god, I hope it's Doomsday Machine, oh my god, it's the empath. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. And the empath was on this stark set with no lighting and there's black and, and the woman's not talking and she's emoting like a mime and there's the bad-headed aliens that would have gotten kicked off the Outer Limits set, right? And it's just like, it's just so <laughs> bad and it's like, you know, existential German theater or something. It's just, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. And the music, the soundtrack music is even depressing. It's yeah. just, it's such an unpleasant experience watching that. I would, if it came on, I would literally not bother to watch it anymore because I'd be like, this is just going to bring me down, man. I don't, I don't want to go here. No Star Trek should do that. No. I'm like, there's, there's, there's nothing good from this episode is coming at all. It's just it's except making me never to want to watch it again. Yeah. That's, I think, number one for me, uh, or in a tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous attorney from the 70s, Melvin Belli. Okay, you know Melvin Belli? Famous attorney, often, you know, uh, represented folks that maybe weren't of the highest moral character. Okay. Sound familiar in this day and age, perhaps? Uh, Anyhow, he played a evil space angel (laughs) in an episode called And the Children Shall Leave. Oh, it's awful. It's so bad. the worst for me. And it has a horrible, like, chant. Hail, hail, pirates! No, oh, I can't even do it. I can't even. Do and it. just like the yeah, the constantly over and over again oh. throughout that episode. Oh, and it doesn't go anywhere. Brutal. The whole episode doesn't no. go anywhere. They do that for forty-five minutes, and then there's a little reveal at the end, and you're done. No, and I love kids. Okay, I'm a parent. I'm a parent of a twelve-year-old. I love children. All right, I am. You are a parent too. I am too. You know what I'm talking about. But it's like uh, I have never if. You remember how Picard is in season one of Next Gen, how he does not like children? Mm-hmm. He does not like them. No. I don't want them on my ship. He's no. like, right, okay. That is how I feel about those child actors in And the Children Shall Leave. Okay? They are awful. All of them. Yeah. And they weren't <laughs> even anything to work with, but then they're all awful. They're well. just terrible. It's like everybody who auditioned for Cindy Brady and didn't get the job. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all here. <laughs> Everyone who didn't get Cousin Oliver, they're all here. It's just so painful, man. And again, and then my third, what's the one bad episode from season one where every single other episode in season one is classic and you watch it forever, but there's one you're like, oh. Oh, season one. That's Box brain. No, that's no. season three. Season three. That's, later. that's later. That's way later. I still love Spock's brain. I can't help myself. It's, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking <laughs> with the great uh, actor and <laughs> character named Lazarus. Oh, okay. The alternative factor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So bad. Yeah. So bad. With the camera negative version um, of it yeah, in another dimension. Right. It's just like, yeah, it's, 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 
it's just depressing. It's cheesy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's no fun. Yeah. It's, a, it's not as iconic. Everything else, season one was like, man, they just kept rolling, uh-huh. rolling the hard six every time. Well, those first few, that was really good. Wow, yeah. I mean, it's just, I was just like, that's good writing. Yeah. You know, and it was really, really, they just never screwed up, it seemed. I mean, they just, even if they did, right, they weathered well. Mm-hmm. Hold up really, really well. For a show that's 55 years old, it's pretty amazing that you can still very easily pull out relevance or lessons or whatever you want from season one of TOS. Yes. It's amazing. And super quotable. Yeah. 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 But that's the problem. I don't know if you haven't seen these, I had, but uh, it's just like when you uh, watch them so many times, I feel it takes me max three edits. I can tell you what episode it is. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, even though a lot of them look all yeah. the time. So, like, oh, yeah, uh, cut, 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 oh, uh, Wolf in the Fold, you know, whatever it is, yeah. like, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Gamesters of Triskelion, I know it. I could definitely tell you what's going to happen in that episode, but I don't have the association with the episode name. No. That's what I have a hard time retaining. No. Oh man, yeah. Well, this, yeah it's, so well, I get all this, the grief I get from my wife, right? A lot. It's just like. I can tell you, you know, the rules of Fizzbin or whatever it might be from some obscure Star Trek episode, right? You say, oh, that's uh, Ensign Palmer from, you know, Doomsday Machine, whatever, right? Like, you know, but if I run into somebody, and these are shows I've watched like 30, 40 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But if I run into somebody like at the supermarket that I currently work with now in this exact year, and I have to introduce them to my, my spouse, I'll be like, hi, this is... My coworker, mm-hmm. who Person. I work with, right? <laughs> that I, Person who knows me? <laughs> this is my wife Susan, right? And Michelle and I start talking, and hope they drew. Probably, I'll draw a blank because for me, reality never cements as well as fiction. I don't know why that is. That's very you know, interesting. It's, a, yeah. it's probably really disturbing. And psychiatrists in the office, in the audience, are like. Uh, that's a very prob- right, difficult problem. It's a reality here. You know, <laughs> doesn't mean there's a problem. It just means it's, there's it's a... very disconnected from relationships and connections with the real world. It's probably a sociopath. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Hasn't killed anybody yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we know of. It's very thorough. Uh-huh. I'm excited about these Playmates um, Discovery. But only two, you know? Is that it? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a knee-jerk thing, right? Because in the last few years, there's been several toy companies, right? Like uh, Diamond Select got back into it again, started making figures, right? And they're like, oh, we're going to do the, uh, the J.J. vs. Star Trek crew. Right? Okay. And our first wave is Kirk and Fox. Oh, yeah. And they never made any others because it's like they didn't sell well or whatever it was, right? They didn't market them or distribution. And then that's usually what happened in the toy business, right, is distribution's poor and marketing's almost as poor. So then and, they don't sell. And then they blame it on the uh, the audience. They, oh, people didn't want those discovery figures. Right. Well, try to find them. Right. Right? It's just like, no, it's just there's legions of them out there, I'm sure, with mine. But mm-hmm. but I don't think you can get away with it with two, because it doesn't make you start collecting. It doesn't. You know, if you have the whole crew, and maybe give me crew, give yeah. me something, a spore drive playset, electronic chair. Yeah, yeah. Give me something. Yeah. That, you know, because it's like, you know, was, we're seeing guys are out there making stuff in their basement now. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I can get something from some guy in Texas who's making stuff up in his spare time mm-hmm. that's better than a freaking company makes, 
you probably pay twice as much for something. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's going to rock and roll. It's yeah. going to be really fun to play with. And yeah. I mean, that's at the end of it. And it looks like what you see in the show, which mm-hmm. is a lot of times get sacrificed for stuff. So, but I digress. But I'm excited for it too. I hope they really do. Oh, so. Makes me a little nervous because, like, all the next gen stuff and the movie stuff they've done—that stuff they did already. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of cleaning it up and making it look a little bit more, you know, modern with current technology and stuff like that. But I'm not seeing, you know, for super nerdy playmates, toy collector fans who have problems like me, right? Who mm-hmm. spend way too much time thinking about this mm-hmm. stuff. You're like, oh, for all the years, stuff you never made. Mm-hmm. They never made the soft vampire mm-hmm. from the original series, they never, right? Yeah. No, they never made, uh, you know. Uh, Captain Pike in his mobility chair that could beep once they for yes and twice for no. Really? No. Had to get that made custom. That's wild. Yeah, never did that. Because they are like, oh, make a figure in a wheelchair? That's crazy talk. We can't do that. I'm just, that's probably what they were thinking, right? But okay. tons of things like that that never got made, right? They made an Edith Keeler figure. They did all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but still, there's those gaps. Huh. Yeah. Where's my Dr. Severin figure? Where's all the way to Eden hippies? I would, okay. I would totally drop down 50 bucks Certain for instruments. A, yeah. For, for a space hippie way to Eden. Totally. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Dr. Severin with his ears. I would totally pop for that. That would be pretty cool. That'd be hilarious. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff that they make for, like, Batman fans that are way more eccentric and obscure than that. Yeah. And they sell like crazy. So it's just, you know. What are you going to do? You would think that they would be able to sell those things if they just produced them, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think what we need to do is figure out a way. You have, like, one of the most influential and clearly... Okay, first of all, I'll say my premise, and then I'll bring some evidence to that. All right? <laughs> my premise is that this is one of the most influential Star Trek podcasts on the entire planet. <laughs> evidence for said theory is the fact that they're sending you giant cases of freaking Star Trek wine. <laughs> That's not like cheap, right? This is a big deal. They're flying you down to Los Angeles to go see the Picard premiere, right? It felt like a big deal this so, time, yeah. my premise is simple. You're an influential guy in the Star, Star Trek community, right? You have this vehicle. Let's call it a vehicle, this podcast. Well, if CBS and Paramount are listening to you, and the wine company's listening to you, and Star Trek to come is, you know who else should be listening to you? Playmates, that's who should be listening to you. So I think that we need to figure out a way to find an in at the Playmates company mm-hmm. so that we can actually brainwash them, I mean, uh, explain to them what uh, <laughs> the fans are looking for. I think that's an That would really idea. be, uh, that would sell. So it's not like you're getting it filtered through a million different diffuse groups, but you're getting candid, unfiltered feedback from mm-hmm. hardcore long-term collectors. Absolutely. We want you to make this, and here's why. Yeah. What a great guest that would be. I think that would be amazing. Marvin... Marvin... Uh, has to have a connection to Playmates. Marvin Sipowitz, or whatever his name is, who works for Playmates in Sea Caucus, right? Oh. You know there's a guy out there. Do you listen to our podcast? Please call us. Come on. We're going to find out. We're going to start looking to get the Playmates org chart. We're going to start looking to find out who you are yeah. and ask you to come on the show. And, you know... If I'm you not can... hijacking your show, I swear. From no, 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 no. This is like... Come I mean, on. Drive it. It feels like a win-win to me if you, you know, if you can get them to produce the things that people want to buy that then they will make money off of producing. That seems like a, a good deal for everybody. Because it seems to me that maybe they're not sure because they're just making... Four-fifths stuff they've done already. Tippy-toeing, yeah. And the two most recognizable figures from the first season. And, and that's the thing. It's not even like season three or season four, Bernal. Like, yeah. come on. It's you season know, one, Bernal. Yeah. I'm looking at like what Eagle Moth does, right? You know yeah. Eagle Moth? Yes. And they're making shows, uh, vehicles from the current show. Yes. 
A whole slew of Picard ships. That right? is the one that Courage. I was trying to think of the other. Eagle, no. that's the one, Eagle yeah. Eagle is the one I was trying to think of, yeah. Yeah, whole slew of those. You can get John yeah. Book's totally un- which looks plausible Like, I love that show ship, so much. Right? It's like, you can amazing. get that. They're, they're cranking those things out at high speed. They're not like yeah. three seasons behind. They're current. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a U.K. company. The U.K. companies it usually UK be behind company. everything. So, so, tell, so here's the, the, they license out this stuff for other people to make. And unless, what you would think is that the company that's making those things would want to capitalize on what fans are thinking about at that moment, right? I'm watching season four Discovery, and so I want to go out and I want to buy the things that are related to season four yeah. Discovery. How is that not a logical, like... There's a lot of downtime. I mean, people love Picard, sure, but do I need another Picard figure? No. You, you probably already have one. Probably do. You probably already do. But it's the same thing that you see it with Star Star Wars a lot, mm. right? It's just like uh, they're frantically trying to make not just you know Book of Boba Fett figures that mm-hmm. you'll see in summer after the show's already over, <laughs> but they're still trying to make season you know from season two of The Mandalorian, which is like two years ago. Oh, yeah. Right? And I still don't have a freaking, you know, Dark Trooper figure in my collection. It's oh, like, they haven't even shown one yet. They How haven't come? even made one of those? No. Yet? Oh, you know, a Funko, whatever it is, if you're at the Funko, they made one of those. Sure. Those things. But uh, yeah. but a realistic looking figure? No. So it's just like kind of behind the game. So the Eagle Moss can do it. But they have a big fan presence, you know, who drives stuff. I know, yeah. you know, Ben Robinson. Mm-hmm. But he's on Twitter, right? And he helps produce a lot of those things, right? And they're, they're, they're really into it. They hire folks who are, like, extreme fans mm-hmm. to drive the product range, right? Okay. And they out there and they interact with fans. Yeah. So there's got to be, you know, like, different playmates. We just don't know what it is. I bet there is. Yeah. Somebody's running the marketing show out there. Yeah. I feel like I should really stop talking. I'm just like, <laughs> get well, out of control with your show here, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 I talk, talk, talk about like toys and like all over the place. And people are like, I tuned into this particular podcast episode because I thought they were going to talk more about wine. Well, but I'm not know. hearing so much of that. <laughs> here, Paul, just go off. I think that's okay, Paul. That's I, okay. You okay, know, sure. I would. I don't. We are drinking Klingon blood wine, and I feel like I'd like to. Uh, just let you know that if I felt like you were at a hand, I would I would take care of business. Okay, great. He would slap me across the face. I with, would. Uh, I would. You know, well, likely I would head with a bowl of gawk. Yeah. Take <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me feel better. You know, yeah. but you know, you get self-conscious. You don't want to be a bad guest. You know, it's, uh, well, you when media is involved, you have to be that way. Can I tell you that one of the funnest parts of doing this podcast for me is when we do it, we do it live, and so if somebody's cat jumps on top of their head during the show. Which happens on occasion. Nice. It happens live. You know, if somebody, if, if a guest says something uh, inappropriate, inappropriate, it, it goes right out there to the masses right Sweet. away. How do you get to be a live guest? Uh, you just have to uh, be invited. So Is there an audition process? There's not. <laughs> Shit. No. no. <laughs> In fact, we still. Break. I just said it one of the George Carlin. We say, <laughs> That's not gonna okay. Be. That one's okay. All right, because I'm like, I feel like the generations younger than us are swearing constantly, and it's okay. You know what I? It's funny. I I, don't, I know people to have different takes on swearing, and I don't know what I've always taught my kid was that um, to me, there's no such thing as a bad word like I don't have a association that that is a bad word that should never be said you know what I believe in is that swear words have power and if you're going to use one you better use it when appropriate and you know 
use it for what it's for. Yeah, or it's a specific effect. For a specific effect, because as soon as you start becoming one of those people who uses it all the time, it just becomes part of your texture, and it doesn't have any meaning anymore. When it shows up in, like, you know, a web article... I feel like I don't take the person as seriously. I feel that is... And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. dilettante, and your editing's probably not so very... You know, and, so. Uh, well, bad writing just in any web article yeah. will kind of... I'll just sort of shut yeah. it off, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's <laughs> everywhere. Oh, my God. Uh. 75%. Oh, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Live broadcast, huh? Okay, interesting. I think that could be fun, depending on what the theme is. Do you yeah. do trivia? Have you ever done, like, a trivia thing? So I love uh, when you ask me, like, what's your least favorite episode yeah we don't that's always, a great question it is a great question that's and fun. we don't we don't always well so what I we don't always do like trivia things but what I do try and do is try and interject um, trivia things just from memory alpha or whatever related to the episode that we're reviewing oh, or that kind of stuff great oh man and I, I think for the most part it, it works the great thing is that Jim our host um, is like you he has more of that kind of like just encyclopedic knowledge of TOS and remembers the details about episodes that I just can't. I don't know. My brain. So he's an old school guy. Just that, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, probably, he's probably about you know. I'm guessing about your age and eighty. Uh, he's been around the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We were, I remember, in the WPA project <laughs> building Hoover Dam. That's right. I remember the inter- it well. when the interstate That's came right. In After we got out of the, the Great War. <laughs> War. I mean, the Big War. <laughs> Whichever one that was, yeah. <laughs> Swear, not that old, I oh promise. Oh, my God. I do remember the moon landing, but just barely. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, the like, the, the kind of... Um, quintessential moment that I so I was a huge huge space shuttle kid like so I you know I was born in the early 70s so late 70s space shuttle came into service early 80s was like the heyday of space shuttle launches and stuff and I the first disaster I can remember in my life was the Challenger building up and I remember watching it in school Um, we had the the TV on because they were broadcasting the launch and you know classroom full of uh, what is that 83 so I was you know like second grade third grade something like that sitting there watching this launch she was 85 or 85 I want to say 85 so there you go okay, okay. 85 yeah yeah so fourth grade fifth grade sorry I was told there'd be no math but no 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 but it, whatever it adds up to um, and just watching it and everybody kind of it was like that it was like watching the towers come down in 2001, yeah, too. That's like, like the exact same kind of moment God. where you're just like, holy shit, what the hell just happened? This is not on the menu. It's this, not actually happening. not what we were expecting. Like, you can't really believe that, that it's happening yeah. at first, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, there's only been two moments in my life where I've walked into a room and just immediately started weeping. <laughs> and one of them was when uh, I got to see the space shuttle live down in Los Angeles in that big hangar. Wow. And walk in and just actually see something there she is. that had been in space wow. and, like, had carried people there and back again. and Humbling. Totally. Like, Amazing. just, it was like all of this stuff from years gone by just kind of came up, you know, and thinking about it was happy and sad and elated and, like, totally overwhelmed with just seeing this freaking thing in real life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, because there it is in the, in the history of 
man's exploration of space, yeah. this thing I'm looking at was there, was part of that history. It was out of our It was a brick on that road. Yeah. So, yeah. amazing. 60 miles above us is space. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. That's like a paper. See, because paper. you just you're gonna love that for all mankind show like crazy. Okay. It, it is all about what you're describing. Yeah. It is that is its bread and butter. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, a little soap opera stuff thrown in there, but you know. Yeah, we a little drama on TV. You want to make sure the spouse wants to watch, right? <laughs> you gotta put There's gonna be some of that in there. That's right. <laughs> give them a little bit of the what's the what's. The. That's right. So they have uh, relationships or whatever. But, uh, then get the <laughs> spaceships back out. Man. <laughs> Um, I got to tell you that we're um, two thirds of the way into this bottle, and it still tastes pretty good. You think so? It's had a chance to, as they say, what does it say in the wine business? It's opened up a little bit. Yeah, it's had a chance to breathe. Yeah, it's um, to me, it uh, is less of the, and I don't know a lot about wine, so I might be just, I'm just giving you my off the cuff idea here. When we first opened it, it felt like super fruity, like yeah. sh- like it was all sweet and like, and now it's kind of mellowing out and becoming more of a of a wine and less of a juice, that's probably a terrible description, wow. but you know what I'm saying? No, I think I think that in terms of practical terms, that's a great way to describe it. Okay. I think it's scary. It was like super fruit forward at first, where yeah. you're like, smuckers! Totally. It's, you know, it's like, jam, wow. you said jam. Yeah, yeah. very jammy, right? Yeah. And now it's like, it's 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 kind of matured. Yeah. I think it's got some air. It's had a chance. Okay. Chancellor Galron, right? Yes. Love the guy. But how effective of a chancellor is he when he first gets out of bed in the morning, right? Probably not so great, right? He's got to like, oh, too yep. much gawk, right? He's got to stretch. He's got to stretch the eyes He's got to get up. His eyes don't open that wide. <laughs> right at first. No. It takes a few hours. He's got to walk around. Maybe, you know, go to the gym, have lunch, you know, yep. spend some time with the with Mrs. Gowron, whoever the hell she is. There I don't know. I, or Mr. Gowron. Who knows? Who knows? 2022. Yeah, yeah. What do I know? But, you know, and then later in the day, you know, like 530, Six o'clock. He is Gowron, and he's ready to go. Okay, mm-hmm. that is this bottle of wine. It is. Okay, it's been awake for a while. It's had a chance to walk around the neighborhood, do its thing, mm-hmm. get some fresh air in the lungs, mm-hmm. and now it's ready to be Gowron. Eyes are wide because mm-hmm. we didn't know what we were in for here at first, right? Is this going to be the kind of wine where I'm adjusting the front of my uniform tunic like Captain Picard, mm-hmm. or is this going to be the kind of wine where I want to rip my shirt open like Captain Kirk? We didn't know, right? This is a drinking wine. Yeah, this, this is a drinking wine, for sure. This is a drinking wine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's excellent. So, And, boy, I can't wait for that Chateau Picard. I know. Because I'm that's like a full-on Bordeaux. So can I can I tell you that that's the one I was thinking about maybe saving for the end? Yeah. Um, that's a big one. Yeah, because that one felt just... And it of, might kind of time it, because Picard will probably be on that. We have dates now. Yeah, I don't, right? I don't have them off the top of my head. But, but it's, it's like soon. It's it coming is. right on the heels of Discovery. Correct. Yeah, which is smart. Yeah. You know, don't leave people without a show for a while. It, they, we will never be left without a show, and but there will be some time when we're tracking either two or three shows at the same time. Uh, so I was hoping for no overlap, but I, it's okay. I'd rather have a little more of a glut than not enough. I'm going to give him a shot. I mean, there were parts of Picard I just couldn't connect with, you yeah. know, some of the newer characters and stuff and some of the writing so choices. I think so I'd be interested to know, like, which characters did you did you uh, connect? Like, give me one good char- good non-Picard character. Okay. And you can just tell me who they are, and I can tell you names if you can't remember. No, it's okay. I'm sure I'll be able to think about it. Just, you know, i got to, you know. Well, I'm curious. Uh, so, so I'll give you mine. 
that you did like or you didn't I, like? Uh, I'll give you one I did like. And a lot of it is just like, I, I think it's important for me to say that like when I'm, I try to talk about it in a way where it's the character I didn't like mm -hmm. and not the actor. Oh, of course. If I can, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, actors bring their own thing to it. Everyone's trying incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. Most people are working in uh, pandemic circumstances right now, which is imagine what that's like. I can't. You know, crazy. Oh, we're going to do a love scene, but first we're going to test you when we're going to put you out here. And it's right. just like, no, forget about it. It's just like, no. You're getting shut down for days and weeks. It's, it's, it's insane. Bad. It's just insane. So... Okay, you go. You go first. Well, my my not favorite non Picard character is definitely Rafi. Rafi Musiker, his uh, you know, former number one, um, now you know in season one turned kind of fallen Starfleet officer a little bit. Um, you know, she's into drugs now and like that kind of stuff, and yet um, yeah, she was like like the pot smoker, right? Well, she, she was. Yeah, she's snake weed. Yeah, snake weed. Okay, snake that's a cleverly yeah you know, disguised. Yeah. So, so she smoked animal. snake weed in, front, in her trailer, you know, out in the <laughs> desert. And but here's what I will say: like she, so the show ultimately is called Star Trek Picard. It's about Picard. It's about his past, his present, and his not so much his future. I guess we're making his future right now, but um, it's about him actually dealing with all of this stuff that happened over seven seasons and four movies and that kind of thing and what the fallout from that is and to me he's always been such a great character because he actually listens to the people around him he you know he's a good leader he's a fantastic yeah, leader and absolutely I, and i will give that to kirk um that like kirk listens to bones and spock a lot and even scotty every now and then but <laughs> but then he trusts his God. But then he trusts his God. And, like, you know, Picard is the person who will, like, go against something that he believes is right sometimes when everybody else knows that it's the right thing to do. And I, and I just really respect that about him. And so Rafi, to me, is great because obviously she was there at the moment that he um, resigns from Starfleet because they stopped going and helping the Romulans uh, deal with their planetary crisis and all this kind of stuff. And so she's like his um, his conscience, his, you know, the other side of Picard that he doesn't even know he needs. Right. But she's there on his shoulder uh, advising him. And, and she's a real person. Like, the way the writers wrote her is she is not some utopian version of a Starfleet officer. You know, both her and Rios on that show are real people who have, you know, pain in their life, and they've, they, they have, they're dealing with it the best way they know how, but they're still human beings, and they're making mistakes along the way. Okay. And that just feels really relatable to me. I like that. That's a good take on it. Yeah. So... That's my favorite non-Picard character. I would say, and I'm going to just you know, be the lazy guy and ask you to help me out here in mm -hmm. terms of like some of the characters. Oh yeah, for sure. And stuff like that. Um, I'll tell you who I did not like. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it, Dodge? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if it was the characters written or whatever. Uh, Narek. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Narek was pretty rough. No, 
Yeah. His sister was actually the worst friend. Yeah. Paint, yo, oh, horrible. Horrible. I can't remember horrible. what her name is. Yeah, she's just really yeah. super annoying. Um, super annoying. So does that make her really good? Because, like, I found Kai Wen super annoying every single time I saw her come on screen, and yet she's one of my favorite villains of all time from Star Trek because she just was written so freaking annoying every single time you yeah. saw her, and, it was, and she was really good at it. I like Laris. Laris is great. Laris is awesome. Yeah, I thought she was terrific. Um... Uh, and uh, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but is, and, and this is going to be embarrassing. So is he Romulan or Vulcan? I think he's Vulcan. He's Romulan. Is Elnor? He's Romulan. He's Romulan. I freaking love that guy. Yeah. And it could be casting, right? But I like the idea of this kind of warrior priest, you know, kind yeah. of badass. Jean you know. Bosch. He's cool. Yeah. And he's really into, like, helping Jean-Luc. He and, is. Right? And he's kind of, you know, he's like, I'm your weapon you probably wouldn't use yourself, but I'm here to help you out. And uh, I don't know. I just I thought he was really good on camera. Yeah. And effective. And I felt like in uh, in, a, in a show dynamic where a lot of the characters are spending a lot of time talking. Mm. Right? He's more he's less the adjective and more the verb. Oh, I like that. He kind of takes action, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, when do we go? He's like, ready to go. And I think you need some of that, right? So I thought he was really great. What I'm most excited about, and I know it's in marketing, so no spoilers. I mean, I think it's cool that they're bringing Q back. Mm-hmm. John Delancey is amazing. Super I mean, excited to hear how they justify the aging process of the I Q. I know, I can't wait to... <laughs> well, I, I want to be like you, I know, that's what we're all assuming, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want to relate to what's happening. Right, right. right. But, but uh, most excited is... Uh, not everyone always says this with Next Gen, they're like, you know, oh, I'm a huge fan of this person. But man, do I love Guinan. Oh, shit. Guinan's a great freaking character. She is. You know, we're going to talk moral compass. Absolutely. But, you know, and she's like a bridge between, because she's dealt with Q, mm-hmm. and she's dealt with all that, and there's a long history there, and she's dealt with the Borg, and she's seen all this stuff, and she's always, she doesn't tell you the answer, or tell you the right thing to do. She figures out a way to, to have you find it yourself. You reveal the answer right. to yourself. She's like, you know, she's so out. much a better therapist than Counselor Troy, I can't even tell you. Yeah. Okay, Counselor Troy, she's like, you know, yeah. maybe a massage therapist. <laughs> but a therapist? No, she's not. Sorry, Deanna. I love you. We're amazing. But yeah. but sometimes you don't always give the most useful help. But Guinan, yeah. always, right? I feel she's working on a higher plane. And I love that character. So the fact that they're bringing her back, I'm super... I, I would watch it just to see Guinan. Yeah. Because yeah, I just really respect her. That's well, great. she looks great in the new trailer. And like you can tell that it's that same kind of... like in a dark corner Jean-Luc's talking to her because he really is in need of help you know yeah. and she's there for him yeah and you know she'll be the confidant so, yeah. I'm, so I'm curious to see how this whole thing goes yeah. Um, yeah I just want him to try to do some balance you know and everything like that I didn't like what they did with Hugh uh, the XBs, that whole storyline. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Didn't, work, didn't work for me. I was just like, You know, they try to pack a lot into a season. Um, they sure do. I oh, mean, my they, God. Like, the whole Romulan storyline and the whole Borg storyline kind of being in the same mm-hmm. season. And the season was only, was it 10 or 13 episodes, something like that? Um, I want to say 13. 13 episodes, yeah. yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you, my mind was blown when I saw them for the first time those first few episodes because I just 
I don't know. To me, it was a good continuation effort. And I actually like the way season one ended, too. I was okay with that. No. For me, it's just like, I think what... I probably have a little bit of the same issue with Discovery in that I'm not as drawn towards the movification, Mm. if you will, of this series because they they seem to want to have a huge, giant, frickin' threat. That carries over for the entire season, yeah. and it's not just a, a threat; it's the threat of all threats. It's like the universe is going to turn into tapioca, yeah, and we don't know why, but we've got to solve it. And we got to, you know. And I, I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing about more the direction that they're going with uh, on Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. It's more like the old, you know, one at a time episodic, contained right? stories, more episodic, and maybe some of them connect together, but it's more, you know, I guess, you know to use the old parlance, Planet of the Week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think that lends itself to, you know, uh, more risk-taking storytelling than having to adhere to one arc that's going through the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely telling different types of stories in episodic than you are in a serial-type thing where, yeah. you know, you're really trying to take somebody through some kind of... Um, building up, breaking down, and then kind of rebuilding them back up, you know, in a single episode, it's more like, um, this is right, this is wrong, we went here, we had an adventure, boom, here's the lesson out of it, and do it again next week, which I I love that type of start. Obviously, like, there's so much Star Trek is like that. Oh, totally. Because it's like, you know, you're at at the end of the day, okay, and the old school map of television, right, from Next Gen and original series, right, you have like, what? 22 episodes in a season, which I think is an obscene amount of shows. I mean, it's just... When you think about it now, I mean, it's... it's, Most shows now, it's like 10 or 13 tops, right? Because 22, what are the odds that all of those are good? They're probably not, right? They're probably going to be like half of them suck. Two-thirds. Realistically, right? And, but if you... And so episodic storytelling, I think, improves your stats Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? But if like you've got one big arc and it's a big threat arc going through. It may sound great in the pitch meeting, mm. you know, when you get together, everyone, oh, it's going to be in the Red Angel or whatever. It's going to be the whole thing and the universe is coming apart. We don't know why. And this will be in blah, blah, blah. But what if your big threat sucks and then you're kind of stuck with that and that's what you're talking about for the entire rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And you just got to figure out ways, different ways of approaching it as opposed to having like, well, okay, maybe those three or four episodes weren't great, but but these were about something totally else, and I really dug that because there were a bunch of different writers exploring different things. Mm-hmm. And I think they have more latitude to try stuff like that on Strange New World, so I'm super excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, and it? what do you, do you like the the characters and the actors that portray them and that sort of stuff? Like, I, you, I assume that you watched Strange New World, the Discovery characters. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know yeah. when they were all on Discovery, yeah. I feel like uh, oh, Ethan Peck still has to prove some stuff. Okay, I don't. It's like I was that's the one that I was big really shoes about. to fill, yeah. man. I mean, to me, Rebecca Romaine is the slam dunk, and also Anson Mount is the slam dunk. Anson Mount is like they're both really. He's a amazing. He's so great. Yeah, you know, he's super great, and boy, does he engage with the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he really does. Do you listen to his podcast? No, I don't. He has a podcast called The Well, uh, where he, with his friend Brandon Edgens, kind of, um, they cover various topics. Sometimes it's just like stuff they're they're watching these days, or um, mm-hmm. back back uh, a couple of years ago they were covering the. Uh, I think their 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 premise was that they wanted to talk about the creative process and talk to people about the ways that they created things. Their focus has shifted a little bit over the last 
year or so mm, okay. uh, with the pandemic, but pretty decent podcast called The Well. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. 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 So I would say, you know, listen to the stuff that they're doing now, but maybe go back a year or so and, and see what they were doing back then, too, because a lot of that maybe more. Oh, God, this pandemic's been going forever. Maybe two, year two. We're coming maybe, up on year maybe, two really maybe, soon. Maybe two to three years is what I'm actually It feels way longer than two to years to me. Okay? Way, <laughs> way longer than two years. I, I right? already... It feels like it's been, like, freaking... I already have such a hard time with time. Like, I, my wife will tell you that I will say last week, and what I really mean was a month ago. Uh, I get the same, the I same just, thing. I just don't know. Yeah. You uh, ask me about anything from my past, right? <laughs> And my wife says, you think everything was like you asked when the thing was, right? <laughs> she accuses me that everything I, my answer is always, oh, that was about four or five years ago. And that that's what I answer for everything. When was the moon landing? It was about four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like, when was our son born? Uh, about four or five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when did we start drinking this bottle of Klingon blood wine? Oh, about four or five years ago. ago. <laughs> and that's the same answer every time. And I know it's not true, but I but, but time's difficult. Yeah. And and you know, imagine being like our kids' age, yeah. right? Growing up in this thing. I know. Right? Because a year when you're you know twelve, it's one like twelfth of It seems like right. seven years, yeah. right? I remember that. It just like seemed like you know summer felt like it was six years long when you were a kid, right? It really did. It was just like whoa. So imagine just it seems like this has been going on forever. Yeah. It's like World War One for them, right? It's just like endless. And that is true, and also, thank goodness, they're kids, because they're so malleable that a lot of them can adapt to it. Yeah, uh, you got to put all your money on resilience and hope that uh, yeah. that that's going to carry them through, yeah. right? You know, but, uh, but there's so much, you know, the phrase that I keep hearing now that's come up, right? Everyone talks about, like, oh, we, when you've endured trauma of one kind or another, right? But now they're talking about collective trauma. Mm-hmm. That basically not just as, like, you know, individuals, but that basically, you know, you go to find somebody in Tunisia, you go to find somebody in Belgium, you go to find somebody in Alabama. We're kind of all doing the same thing. We're all getting through this pandemic right now, and it's all kind of throwing our lives into chaos, right? There's a collective trauma that we're all experiencing right now as a species. Really. So if yeah. we could identify, like, if we could identify that and actually care about it and focus on that, it could be a great uniting thing. Yeah. And if we could find that as a way of a unifying thing as opposed to a dividing thing. Correct. You yeah. know, then, then, then we're getting someplace. So do you think if, um, oh, do you think if uh, aliens came... Did you just turn your shirt? It did. Shatner move. <laughs> okay, that's the Captain Kirk move. Yeah. Folks, I know this is not video, okay, but... but your host here just ripped his shirt, <laughs> making a point with incredible Shatnerian Captain Kirk enthusiasm. I'm kind of disappointed. I really like yeah, this shirt. Too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna have. So this is my Shira and the Princesses of Power um, T-shirt. Have you seen this show? A long the, time ago. I vaguely really remember. No, no, no. I think this is four been, or five years ago. I think. Four or five. <laughs> okay. So that would be about. Well, so there was an old one, but this is the new one. Oh, so, there's a new Shira. So the new one came out two, three years ago, and it is. Amazing. This like, isn't related to the He-Man, is it? Or is it? Uh, it's uh, really unrelated to that new He-Man show, and I will tell you, it's way better. I just said that to make people listening flinch. So that I'm sorry. Like, oh, if you like the new He-Man show, I am not a fan of the He-Man <laughs> show. But the but the uh, yeah, the She-Ra show was amazing. Uh, it's uh, it's super updated for the 21st Where's, century. What platform is it on? 
I'm not, I can't remember. I feel like or, it was Netflix. Or, or use my old, what channel would that be? Yeah, I always say channel, yeah. I feel like it was. Ne- it is Netflix. Netflix, okay. Yeah, yeah I would definitely she check it out. the Princess of Power. It's a yep. ma- badass looking sword she's got there. It is Can she, I say that? Badass? You can't, you can't yeah. say badass. It, it seems is, like it's okay. It is a badass looking sword, and I will tell you that I, like, of all, a lot of this kind of, like, fantasy sci-fi stuff that I've seen lately, it's one of my favorites for sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I forgot what I was talking about when I completely tore my shirt open like the Hulk. Uh, you were talking about trauma and unification. Oh, yeah. So if aliens were to come to the planet, let's say they extended the olive branch like the Vulcans. Would we do... <laughs> would we do what we did, or would we do what we did in Amir Darkly, that Enterprise episode where we shot the Vulcans in the face instead? Yeah, I, I don't have a good feeling about it right now. <laughs> I really don't. You know, maybe if they land in... I don't know, Sweden. Yeah. Or, you know, Denmark or, right. you know. Uh, Finland. Uh, Wait, these are all Scandinavian. Or Wales, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Or or uh, the Aboriginal Outback. Mm-hmm. Okay, places like that, we got a shot. Yeah. Okay, but but I think a lot of places, it's like, okay, have you ever been, like, you know when you're driving to Seattle on I-5, anyone in the audience, you drive an I-5, mm-hmm. you know some of those rest areas that I'm talking about? Yeah, okay. You know how you... No matter how badly you need to go, you your foot presses down <laughs> faster on the accelerator. You need to get back to that thing as fast as possible. You don't want to stop at that rest area because that is just awful. Something bad's going to happen to you there, and you're going to end up on the, some terrible YouTube channel on the dark web that you don't want to know about. Right? That's, right. That's how aliens are when they drive by planet Earth. Okay? <laughs> like, new? No! Don't stop! Don't slow down! <laughs> Ragnarok, whatever your name is, don't slow down! <laughs> Immediately jump the warp. You do not want to stop here. We do not want a flat tire on Earth. Do you understand me? We don't want to breach our warp. <laughs> Warp regulator here on Earth. That's oh right. <laughs> we'll never make it out. Oh, my God. Did you, are you do Disney Plusing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Book of Boba Fetting it? I am Book of Boba Fetting it. This week? I haven't seen this week's. Sorry. Oh, I saw episode four. Is it five now? Yeah, it's right. up to five. It's up to five. Yes, I saw I, four. As soon as I leave your house, I recommend that you do. Okay. Because three and four were kind of like, hey. Oh, I'm going to tell you, this one's a little different. One and two were amazing. This one's a little different. Okay. A little different. Okay. Did I say it's different? You did say it's different. It's a little different. different. That's all I'm going to say. I'm curious. I don't want to, but I was just like, okay. 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 But, but. Okay. All right. You know, I mean, I've I've been enjoying the show. I have some things I think are, you know. Yeah. Not would have been the choices I made, but I feel most enthusiastic. I think they, they did some surprising stuff this week. All right. For me, that was like super, I'm, you know, I'm fully engaged. (laughs) I'm very, I mean, I, I find his character very compelling on the show. There are some of the support characters, like the kids on the colorful bikes and stuff that are kind of cheesy. Uh, What am I talking about? Really freaking cheesy. But, I love this idea that they're telling a story on two different timelines, yeah. and I always think that works. Like as a plot device, that's a that's a great way to tell a story. You know, yeah. you get both perspectives, and you're like, okay, why does he do this now? Oh, because he did this back. Well, how is this going to lead to what he does in the future? And you get both answers at the same yeah. time as you watch the show. It's, yeah. it's kind of Godfather Two, right? Because mm-hmm. Godfather Two, you got you know, uh, young Vito coming over here. Right, making a name for himself, dealing with uh, you know the stuff in you know the early heydays of the Lower East Side, you know, finding his way, contrasting it with all the struggles of current day Michael running you know uh, things out in Lake Tahoe, mm-hmm. right? It's got a Godfather Two vibe mm-hmm. in terms of those contrasting sure. 
errors there. Yeah, I but you know, I'm a Godfather Two fan, so I'm looking to <laughs> I'm looking to imprint that on everything. Like, anyway, certainly, but, this happens at other places. Of course, it does. <laughs> so one person old, one person not. That's it right. Must be Godfather Two. But right. it's great. So, uh, but I think, uh, but yeah, it's different. I'd be very curious to hear what you have to say about it. Um, it's, it's gotten a lot of people talking this week. So. I'm very curious if you... Episode 5, for episode those of you. Okay, yeah, I, I'll watch listening it. Listening not in real time, if you're listening to this in the future, be like, what episode could they be talking about? Uh, true. They won't listen too far in the future, but in the future for sure. Have you been uh, watching Prodigy at all? No. Okay. It, uh, I mean, it's a kid's show. Yeah. So, so you have to kind of frame, frame it that way. I've you thoroughly, are quite the diplomat. <laughs> I well, okay. So I will tell you that there are parts of this show that I absolutely love, that I think are really amazing. Um, I'm a huge Kate Mulgrew fan. Yeah. So her character and she's a deal. Jane is great. And she's like what a hologram or something. She is. Okay. She's a hologram. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the crew is all non-human children from the Delta Quadrant okay. who are kind of on their adventure for the first time. I should check it out just to say that. It's, it's it. just all the stuff that they have to deal with and how do you become a team and, you know, it introduces a lot of Starfleet ideals for the first time. What's the Prime Directive? You know, so there's like a Prime Directive episode and they're, you know, uh, I just really think they're firing on mostly all cylinders. There's okay. been like one or two episodes that have been a little platform. I've but, heard some good stuff. But generally speaking, it is really good. And if and it's got some cool, fun, new um, technology <laughs> that we haven't oh, seen okay. That's as good. well. Uh, that is still a little bit of a mystery. We don't know how it operates. So, uh, yeah. Okay. This is a tough time because uh, I've, this has been a busy year, uh, pandemic aside. It's just like I've devoted like a huge chunk of time this year uh, to finishing this book I was writing. Oh, yeah. So tell me more about that. And I was like, i got to finish this book, right? So I knew you were working like, on something, but I don't know yeah, anything about and so it. So I let a lot of stuff go. And I was just like, yeah. okay, if it's something that's like mandatory, like, you know, right. like the Star Wars show. Yeah. You know, sorry, Star Trek fans. Not that biased. <laughs> no. But, but the Star Trek you know. kids show. But I couldn't find time to fit in everything. Yeah, I had sure. to cut some stuff, you know. Uh, there was some stuff I had to cut loose, right? And i got to be honest. This is a Prodigy trailer didn't do it for me. Yeah. And then sometimes a bad trailer is all it takes to sour me and then I miss stuff and then I discover I was wrong years later. Okay. But but it, it was doing that thing, um, you know, we all have our buttons and stuff we don't like. Right? And Absolutely. My stuff is a show in the future <laughs> that uses tons of 20th century idioms and expressions. Oh, okay. Right? Where like, I got this. <laughs> you know, that mm. kind of thing. Right? Okay. No. It's on me. You know, where it's like, you know, it's like, okay, they would say it on Sons of Anarchy mm-hmm. in 20, 2000, you know, 15. Right. But in 3000, whatever, they're still saying, I got this. I mean, it's just, you know, it's Makes like sense. The, all the writers are writing in their modern parlance and not writing in a more neutral kind of futuristic way. And mm-hmm. so it pulled me out of a... And I seem to remember there was a lot of that. There is, there is a bit of that. And yeah, I, it's, I, I mean, I think it, when that sort of stuff shows up in Discovery, uh, it's thing. kind of unforgivable. Oh, drives me nuts. In Prodigy, in Prodigy, I think it probably works because they really are trying to market this towards the kids. And I, and you know, kids is kind of a big term too. And so yeah. I, I will tell you that my twelve and a half year old thinks that the show is too juvenile. Like she doesn't. She just doesn't really like it. But, but she's I'm, kind of a genius, no? 
<laughs> I mean, isn't I don't she? know about that, but <laughs> I mean, she's a smart kid. Yeah. I mean, she she really digs lower decks. She loves the the. Um, I tried. I couldn't. I, and I, admittedly, one episode, right? Is that all you want? Yeah, Dude, the, you have to watch more than one episode. I don't episode. have the Rick and Morty gene. I don't have it. It's yeah, okay. It's just, it's, just forget that it's Rick and Morty. And but I mean just that style of like snark. Okay. Uh, it's just, you know, the self-referential much. stuff. Uh, too much for it. Yeah, it was it was too much. I mean, it might have just been the mood I was in. Okay. Right, but it's just like I'm okay. just like I'm like no. So I think Prodigy is more like uh, a might be like a six to ten year old like age range would be my guess. Like certain parts of the book of Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Disney. I love you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Multiple colored bikes and yeah, things geez. and friendly drawings. Why did they do that? Why did they do I that? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think they're 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 doing better than most stuff they're doing good on. There's some stuff they're not doing great on. Well, I mean, Mandalorian was so good. It was so good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I can't even... Like, I don't remember a week ep- I'm sure there were weaker episodes, but I don't remember one where I was like, eh, that was really kind of awful. Yeah. It's, it usually it's sort of like the, this, the worst thing you say is, this kind of feels familiar. Like, I've seen this before. Which I think is very true of all the Star I mean, Star Wars just does that yeah. to the nth degree, right? Yeah. I mean, it, the yeah, they just keep telling the same stories over and over again. But, I mean, that's part of the... Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, it is. Because it's familiar and it can be yeah. really comforting. Yeah. Right? Like when I'm going through a rough, like a rough patch and I need to sort of feel like, okay, the world is making me insane. What I just saw on the news, I'm ready to go nuts. Right? My wife and I do this all the time. She's like, it's like we'll watch an old Star Trek episode. Mm. We'll watch Next Gen mm. or TOS and it's like comforting. It is. It's like, okay. It's just kind of like putting on a favorite, you know, uh, Bach concerto or something, right? You're like, okay, I feel better. It's like, this is, uh, reminds me that there's, you know, for sure. Good stuff out there. Sanity in the know, world. Um, <laughs> Who watches the watchers? Oh, that what episode, a great episode. Uh, I go back to that a lot. I don't know. Something about that. Well, I love that one. I mean, I go back. I've watched Measured Man like a hundred uh, times. I mean, it's so... Flawless. Come on, that one's flawless. so good. Flawless. And even the, you know, like, the LOL episode is amazing. That's great. And, yeah. It's really good, because it's it, it trying to watch those and not tear up. Oh, yeah. yeah for and sure. forget, not, not Discovery Tears. Right. <laughs> I'm really so sad. <laughs> crying so hard because the computer talked to me, and I feel really strongly about this. <laughs> wow. I'm like, dude, the Discovery Tears, it's like, it, 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 can you call a plumber? <laughs> <laughs> There's so much tears. It's like my it's up to my knees now. Stop! I please just stop. Deep, but like you know, I'm like genuine. Like I'm yeah. like I'm moved by this. It's like okay, I've seen this episode six times. I'm like, how do I get teared up every single time? And I'm I watch still, it it's like it's like you, you know, it's like yeah. a Swiss watch. Yeah. It's great. So. You can get a lot of comments on this episode. That's okay. This Paul Carson guy is way too opinionated. He's, a <laughs> he's got thought about everything. He's super opinionated. He's really obnoxious. He's just, you know. That's okay. We don't, you know. don't put him on as a live guest, whatever you do. I should give you our phone number. <laughs>
Is that what you just call in? Well, if you would listen to my podcast every once in a while, you would know that. I need to get more comfortable with, like, the, like I said, the chaos of this, like, the schedule, like, yeah. when it is. It's, yeah, it's on Thursday nights. Every week? Every single week we podcast. Every single week. I mean, I, Thursday night. I, I typically will miss one or two shows a week. Uh, is there, like, an agenda of, yeah. like, what you'll be talking about? Yeah, so we have a, a very um, well-organized format. Um Things that you can enjoy on our podcast include um, remembering all of the folks who would have had a birthday this week from our Star Trek family, either people gone or people who are with us right now. Wow. We cover So the, reminiscing about reminiscing them and about talking them. about them. Okay. Uh, we talk about the latest uh, Star Trek news, you know, whatever the news articles that have been going on that week. We chat about those and make sure our fans are informed on uh, whatever the latest is if they haven't had a chance to catch up themselves. And then we'll usually, uh, well, we always uh, review the latest episode of whatever show, whether it's Discovery or Prodigy or whatever. And then we often will have special guests. And, I mean, we have special guests from all over the Star Trek realm, uh, whether it's an actor or whether it's writer. We've had, uh, like, Luna McCormick is one of my favorite Star Trek writers, and she has been on the show from the U.K. before. Um, wow. You know, last week we had the gentleman who plays Rin the Andorian from Discovery on the show. Uh, so it's it's really like we broadcast two hours every single the antenna, Thursday night. With the antenna, the guy with the antenna cough. Yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Noah, Noah, Noah Abubak. Uh, how do you contact them? Like, do you, how do you find out even who they're? Well, yeah, I, that's up to Jim. Jim is the lead of our podcast, and he has lots of, of different connections with people, and he finds the people and contacts their agents and that kind of stuff. And sometimes people come on, and sometimes they don't. And Does Jim know anybody in the book publishing industry by chance? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to ask. Yeah, I'd like to ask him that. Yeah. Yeah, I know his background is really, he comes from the convention scene. He used to run conventions like in upstate New York. Oh, okay. So he has connections. New Yorker? New Yorker. He is good. Okay, yeah. I like him already. Yeah, he's he used to some, spend his summers in Brooklyn, you know, uh, wow. grandma or whatever. Yeah, okay, so. great. So, yeah. yeah. I'm married to a New Yorker, so I'd better like her. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you from? You're from... I'm from here, actually. You're from here? But I lived okay. in New York for a long time. Okay. Yeah, I lived in Brooklyn and Manhattan. Okay. So, yeah. Manhattan's loudest corner, officially. Which is? Bleecker and McDougal. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. So loud. And why Times that, Square has nothing on that. Let me tell why you. that particular corner? It's just so freaking loud. I mean, it's just like uh, none of the... Traffic or... Yes. I mean, everything. It's just like it's like it's... None of the uh, apartments have air conditioning, so you got to have the windows open, yeah. right? Pretty so much. everything comes right in the house. And it's just, it's so crammed full of tourists from like, everywhere from like Long Island to New Jersey and every place in between. Okay. And, uh, and it's just really loud. There's a lot of like music clubs up and down there and people, pedestrians. Um, there's a lot of really amateur night drinking going on. So people are super, super loud. And uh, the, the I lived there for like, Two and a half years on, on Bleecker. And funny, I my apartment building, no one ever believes me, but I have photographs. The same address as Dr. Strange's apartment building. No Bleecker way. Yeah. Really? Seven Bleecker. Oh, exactly. that's cool. So, <laughs> it explains a lot, doesn't it, Eric? Yes, it does. It does. Your other dimensional... But, like, there was a motorcycle gang that came from New Jersey on Saturday night, at like, and when the bars closed at, like, you know, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, their thing, and this is you know, decades ago. So technology is a little bit better now. But their whole thing was they would all make their 
bikes make a really loud unified noise mm. so that they would be able to make Everything. all of the car alarms yeah. for like 10 blocks go off simultaneously and it wouldn't stop. So it was just like, he didn't sleep so great. So you do that because you are a sociopath because you're just trying to hurt other people, right? I think you need attention badly. Yeah. Here for whatever reason, I'm not getting enough attention. So if I do this, if I set your car on fire, I'll get more attention. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sociopath, as we see, it's you know, in all manners of it manifests itself in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I don't have to die yet, but uh, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, but I had to leave New York to meet my New York wife. Oh really? We didn't meet so you that. met out here? Yeah, I was like finally at the point like I'm sick of New York. I can't stand it anymore. Yeah. And it's like, too frustrating. Too much anger. Yeah, right? too much anger. Yeah. Stuff like that. Can't afford yeah. to do anything because yeah. everything costs hundreds of thousand dollars. Yeah. And, you know, you're bartender waiting tables. So mm-hmm. I'm not making much money. Yeah. So and missed the new, the Northwest. So moved back here. And of course, that's when I meet expatriate New Yorker yeah. who's soon to be Mrs. Carson. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of funny. It is funny. Uh, it's not that different with my wife and I. She grew up in L.A. and I grew up in the Midwest. We had to meet in Boston, ah. and then eventually end up in Portland. Yeah. So we, I used to live in Brookline back in the day. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, cool. oh yeah. About oh, the taxi stand. Yeah. Oh neat. Oh yeah. Okay. I was there when Gloria came through. Hurricane Gloria. Okay, Katie sure. Pine. That's yeah. where I, you were talking to Challenger. Yeah. That's where I was when the Challenger exploded. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I was in Love Boston. I was in Boston from like ninety six to two thousand five. Wow. Um and Karen lived there longer. She was there for twelve years. And you met in Boston. We met in Boston, yeah. Great. She was a grad student at uh I think she yeah, she was a grad student at Leslie at the time, which is uh the educational school that's kind of adjacent, maybe associated with Harvard. I don't know. She'd already graduated from Harvard and then like went back for another graduate degree at Leslie. Wow. And that's when I met her. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. We lived in Boston uh, and loved it. I, I like, I love that town. It's the way, the perfect size for me. Yeah. It was, it was great. Small, you know, but lots of stuff going on. Yeah. I had a good experience often because I left, left there to live in New York the first time I lived yeah. in New York. And I often wondered, what if I hadn't? If I'd stayed in Boston a little longer, because I was enjoying the hell out of it there. I really, I get overwhelmed by New York. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. Just, it's so much. It's, it's, it's a lot. I yeah. mean, it depends a lot on what neighborhood you're in and how often, if you have to leave that neighborhood to go work. Mm-hmm. You know, in this day and age, we're being able to work from home a lot. That'd be interesting to see how different uh, That could be a whole different deal. Yeah. Um, I would live in Brooklyn for sure, though, not Manhattan. Would you? Yeah, I have, so Brooklyn could be... If you're in the right neighborhood, it'd be idyllic. Okay. It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be so, so, so cool. And I admit that I've only been to New York a couple times, so I, I'm not super familiar with it. No. Um, but both times I've been, it, it was... It's like an angry Disneyland. <laughs> it was. It was like I came out of the subway, and there were just... It was like freaking lights and buildings and people, and just like I couldn't breathe, you know? Yeah. It's know. intense. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, you know... It's like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. <laughs> yeah. Cubed. That is a very that's, excellent that's, and apropos. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, good that's what's going on. You know, we're going to kill this bottle. You know, know, it seems like this is the... Well, you're setting a precedent for all of the other bottles. I don't think that you open a bottle of Klingon blood wine and plan to only drink part. No, you do not, because, because you would dishonor your house. I would dishonor your house. You would dishonor your house. The, the house of Trek talking will will stand and oh, respect it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> we'll do nothing to bring it down. We will not. 
be on some Duras podcast. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we will Although only. Although the sisters are... <laughs> no, they're too, they're too greasy. <laughs> yeah, but the dental work, oh my God. Oh my it's just like, you know, they're, they're, you might get tempted to get close, and then you're like, oh, I've got to go. So, so uh, one of the things that we have covered in the past on the podcast, and one of the things that um, that I still love and enjoy all the time, um, I'm a huge board game fan, huge game fan. Oh, great. Like miniatures, games, board games, um, all the Spiel der Jahres from Germany and all that kind of stuff. But one of the miniatures games I love is called Star Trek Attack Wing. And so Boy, they make great miniatures. I have to those sh- little miniatures, the, sh- the ships. Uh, so all I got little, some of those. It's yeah, the same as the HeroClix ones, the same model. Really good. And I've got you know hundreds of them. Uh, and oh, you do. I've got like 150 of them probably. Great. And they so this game is fantastic because you you have a set of cards. And you have a ship, and your ship can hold so much stuff. So it's got so many crew slots, so many weapon slots. It's got a weapon value. It's got a hull value. It's got a shield value. And you you can deck out your ship with whatever cards you want, set of cards. And based on the cards that you lay out, there are certain, of course, combinations that start to develop. You know, you can you can take one action per turn. You can do one attack per turn. And you start to take that, and you permutate it over all of these seemingly infinite number of cards that they have. Wow. And it's really, really fun. Sounds great, man. Yeah. I'd like to try it out. Yeah, it's, it's a cool game. I can't remember why I brought that up. It was related to something else we were saying. but <laughs> Oh, the Duras Sisters. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay, so... I'm still waiting to see how that connects. So one of my favorite connections, <laughs> or one of my favorite uh, combinations that you can do in this game is you've got both Lursa and Bator cards which are double-sided, and on one side they're a uh, captain, and on the other side they're a crew. And you can only have one captain per ship, so you you know you choose which one you want to be the captain. And when you put the other one on your ship as a crew member, it boosts the captain skill of the one who's playing the captain. So it's like this is a skill four captain, but now she's a skill seven captain oh. because Bator is on here also. And that ups the amount of things that she can do and, and okay. effectiveness in the game. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it sounds cool. Yeah, it's it's really neat how they they kind of try to take the themes from the show and translate them into playable cards. That that sounds cool. Yeah, I probably really like it, man. There's it's seen, a, neat game. a lot of those. They used to have those uh, their ships and their you know accessory things on display at the comic book shop. Mm-hmm. Back from the comic book shop. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I did my first um, fun comic thing in a long time the other night. I went to Cosmic Monkey at midnight on Tuesday night. Saga. Because saga I was really starting. Yeah. Really no, yeah. I, I saw, I was, cause I, that's where I go now. That's, you know, yeah. Ever since things closed down, that's my thing. I go to yeah. Cosmic all the time, and they, I would go, you guys are doing this. Midnight release thing during the pandemic? He goes, five people are going to show up. There, like, were, there were easily... 25 people in that store. Wow. No kidding. And there was cosplay involved and all kinds of... Like, I walked in and I was like, I expected five people. You went to the midnight thing. I did. I showed up about 11.45 or so. And, um, and man, 12.01, everybody got in line and the line was all the way back to the back issues room. Amazing. And were the guys there, the creators? There was... uh, No, not for that. No. Okay. Nope. 
No. So it's just to buy the book. Just to buy the book and wow, yeah. and just commiserate with the fans and stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The last time I've done stuff like that was uh, when would it have been? Uh, oh, back when Toys R Us was open. Oh wow! So it's been a while. They used yeah. to have those when the new Star Wars merch would come out, right? <laughs> they would always have those, you know. Uh, Force Friday or May the Fourth things, right? Whatever. Oh, right, like right, right. Yeah. Midnight release thing, right? Sure. And it inevitably would be always the same thing. You'd go and there'd be nothing mm. because distribution would suck, oh, right? Yeah. And be like, okay, well, let's go to Target then, you know. And people would be heading across town, or yeah, yeah, yeah. figure out where they had anything, and it would just be, you know, you maybe get two or three things, yeah. You know, and it was just like, oh, it'd probably be better if I just ordered this online, right? But, 902, you know, Pacific, which is midnight Eastern, all of a sudden everything would pop up. Yeah. But it's not the same. It's more fun to rub, up, rub elbows like that. It right? is. You, you get to see the people and kind of feel the vibe. And, <laughs> and it was funny because I heard about it and I was talking to my wife about it. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about this, you know, but but I don't know. It's kind of silly. It's just this one comic. She said, you have to go. You should go. You should yeah. definitely go. And I'm so glad that I went yeah. just because, you know, that stuff only happens every... And... The main reason I did it was that freaking series is amazing. Yeah. And so. Which I've not read nearly as much of as I'd like to have. You, know? you need to read I, it I all. Would, I would like to. I've heard it's really well It is of. one of the best. I mean, Brian K. Vaughn is just one of my favorite comic writers happening right now. He did another comic um, called Ex Machina that I just think is so good. That's um, no, not connected to the movie. Actually. It is not. Is it? No, okay. no, it actually follows um, the exploits of this guy who is involved in some sort of explosion that gives him the ability to communicate with machines. But rather than... So he kind of becomes a superhero, but... But then the superhero part of his career kind of winds down, and then he becomes a politician because he feels like he can do much more effective work that way. And eventually he kind of works his way up as mayor of, of New York, as a superhero, he in this alternative history, he actually saved one of the towers. Um, so it happens in the in the early 2000s. Oh wow! It's okay. that, like 2001 to 2003 or 2005, something like that. So that's when the series started. Yeah. No, that's when it set. It started well, set. in 2008, okay. nine, something okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, Early days of parenthood for me. No wonder I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, Ex Machina, Brian K. Vaughn, who okay. wrote Saga, he's, and he's written about the Starman. I mean, he's written a ton okay. of really good stuff. Yeah. Good. I'll have to check it out. I was looking to find something, oh, yeah. something good that And I the missed. new issue of Saga was good. Like, I, I picked it up and... And I, so is it going to come back as a title now? Like oh, a yeah. Regular title? Yeah. So apparently, what I didn't know was when they said interlude or intermission or whatever it was at the end of issue 54... That that really was halfway through the series. So they planned 108 issues of that book. And even though it's been on hiatus for three years, they plan on doing another 54 issues. Oh, wow. So this is the... This is the relaunch. This is back. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> This water glass is like, it's like... It's so heavy. It's the heaviest damn, I'm not like a weakling here. I mean... No, I'm, so this is like some kind of Mexican glass. We got these for our wedding, and it's like known for the little bubbles yeah. that are in it and the color of the glass. Yeah. I just think these things are beautiful. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, in every movie and TV show you've seen, like, you know, you hit somebody over the head with a glass and they like they're unconscious, right? Which is no way is that happening in reality. Right. You'd be like, ah, oh, what'd you do that for? You know? <laughs> it doesn't ever happen, right? It's just one of those BS movie things. But if you hit somebody over the head with one of these glasses, I'm telling you, it's happening. They're down for the count. It's like ways like, you know, it's like a dumbbell. And if you think it'll happen with that glass. Oh God. Check out this glass I got in Rome. Oh yeah. It's marble. Oh my god, it is marble, isn't it? Wow. It's real marble, yeah. yeah. So it's like a mini wine glass, but entirely made of marble. That's cool. And uh, a friend of mine started using this glass, and of course it's marble, so it's stained like crazy. Oh no. You know, you put wine... No, I mean, he liked that. He liked, for him... Not this particular glass. Not this particular okay. glass, but he bought a similar one oh, in Rome, and, and then stained. actually used it. And it's sta- marble is a very um, sustainable stone. Yeah, you don't see a lot of kitchen counters made out of it. You don't. Because it's like, oh, not going to happen. <laughs> nope. Granted, the... So tell me about this coming Thursday's episode. What's what's going to be the deal? That same uh, format you talked about, where remembrance and then what's going on? Yeah, we have kind of the same format every single week. Okay. Uh, I believe we are on hiatus right now from Star Trek Prodigy. No, no, new Star Trek Prodigy. So that'll be the Is Discovery over now? No, Discovery was on a hiatus until February 10th. So, so they, they're on a break. Right? They did a first five episodes, and then they took a break, and then February 10th they'll relaunch and do the next five episodes. Okay. And then Picard will happen after that. So after that. the idea is that Prodigy is going right up until Discovery restarts. Okay. So and then Strange New Worlds after Picard. And Strange New Worlds after okay. Picard, yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about the latest and greatest news-wise and um, birthdays and all that kind of stuff, and then the latest episode of Prodigy. And what time do you start? We start at 4.30 p.m. on Thursdays, which is 7.30 p.m. East Coast time, because uh, one of our other, you know, Jim is in, uh, in New York. He is living physically. Well, he lives in Vermont, actually. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, Vermont's but, awesome. Yep. He, he's from Vermont. Uh, we have three main hosts, Jim, myself, and Charles. Charles lives in Las Vegas, so there are two of us there on the West Coast, one on the East Coast. And, yeah, two hours, so 4.30 to 6.30 on Thursdays is when we broadcast live wow. on blogtalkradio.com blogtalkradio.com yep well, we have a we have a a phone number that you can call into actually if you go to blog talk radio and search for trek talking and beyond you'll find us i think it's trek i think it's blogtalkradio.com slash trek talking and beyond all spelled out and uh and yeah, that's the best way to listen to us live. And of course, if you can't listen to us live, then you can always pick us up on any of your various podcasting pieces of software, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Player FM. Sweet. <laughs> I probably typed it wrong. What a shot. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. I'll sure send it to you. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get more involved. Yeah. Hear what's going on. Is this okay? Yeah. I've been kind of desperate. I had no idea that it was five oh five already. Yeah, we've been just shooting the okay. shooting the dilithium oh. crystals here, I'm nice. telling you. <laughs> so yeah, we'll probably finish up here. Are you still recording? We are. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> this is life life not inextricably connected. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. I wouldn't you know Yeah. Okay. Maybe um, maybe what we'll do here is we'll do just a quick kind of 
wrap up. That's fine. And then see the puppy. Yeah, I'll bring her back with me, and then you guys wrap up, and then just let me know when you're done recording. You can still be chatting, but done recording, and I can take care of this one, and then. Sorry, did I? No, she's okay. A couple more minutes, buddy. You'll be yeah. done. Mom like, got away from us. I'm so hungry. I know. She's... Come back here. Come on. Could you go with her? Come go. on. Go, go, go. Midnight. It's okay. Come on. You're not in trouble. Come on. Come on. Sleep at 5 o'clock at night. I'm what I want to do. <laughs> My dog. Well, as we, uh, as we sort of finish out this bottle of wine. Yes. Bottle of We wine. did okay. I think we did okay. Cheers to you. Cheers, sir. Um, it was really good. I really like this one. I think so too. I feel like I would order this bottle of wine and and drink it multiple times. Yeah. What's next? Uh, well, that is a good question. We have so many to choose from. I wondered if, since you and I are both more red fans, if we shouldn't hit a white next. Oh yeah. You could try to, that. Just to kind of like filter in the whites every now and then. And then yeah. I'm so I so associate white wine with hot weather. It's true. It's we, it's almost like uh, well, we don't have to drink. What's this guy? Bottle. Oh, that okay. So that is the Cardassian Canar bottle, um, which of course looks pretty amazing. Uh, let's see. I believe that that is a. Uh, it's definitely a red wine. Oh, it is. Uh, let's see. Star Trek wine. Because these two are going to be right over here. Unbelievable. I'm really excited about that old vine Zinn. Yeah. Um, I just those are those are my type of wines for sure. So the Cardassian Canar bottle is a red wine blend. Red wine blend. Oh, okay. So that might be a good like Wednesday. Yeah. Of the wine of the wine tasting, you know. Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Syrah, and Verdot, resulting in a dark, rich wine with notes of ripe blackberries and juicy blueberries, velvety tannins, and a long, delightful finish. Yeah, so the Klingon Blood Wine, they have a great write-up for it here on their website. It says, for our new Klingon Blood Wine, we utilize the same ancient methods as the great Klingon vintners and the talents of 2020 wine enthusiast 40 Under 40 Tastemaster Andrew Nelson as winemaker. The Cabernet Sauvignon grapes used to create this traditional Klingon Blood Wine were cultivated to produce strong fruit, huh, look at that, huh. that glistens a vibrant ruby color in the glass. Design elements, including a special silk screen process with a unique mesh texture, provide an authentic look and feel. Uh, implicit to the bottle here, I'm, they're talking about. Each bottle is then hand-filled and expertly wax-dipped. In addition, there are unique Klingon sayings on four different corks used in bottling, all celebrating the Klingon culture and language. Which one will you get? We have no idea because we don't. I'm going to photograph this, though, so maybe yeah. I can figure it out. It's actually a good idea. Thank you, Gauron, for being with us this evening. You are most welcome. You have been most helpful, and I hope that we have uh, glorified the Klingon Empire with the consuming of this bloodline. No, uh, no one was sliced or accidentally uh, knifed in the course of festivities here, so that's good. Thank goodness. Excellent. <laughs> Things could have gone south. Well, this was great, man. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Thank you so much yeah. for coming over. Thank really you for opening it. up your uh, tent forward and uh, for uh, busting out what is definitely not synthol. 
No. Without question. No. And stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was a delight. And looking forward to the next uh, episode. How does this fit into uh, your uh, menu of podcast options? Like a, well, this what do you do with it? This is just a new kind of appendage uh, stuck on the outside of what we already do. And, you know, like in all things, we celebrate infinite diversity and infinite combinations. So, yeah. you know, we take in all of the different... Uh, media, uh, you know, products, whatever, and try and distribute knowledge about it back out to the fans. So sweet. Yeah. I, Excellent. Uh, I'm excited. This. this, you know, this one was particularly exciting for me because I, as I was telling you, I am definitely an appreciator of wine. Um, I feel like I have a good enough palate to sort of understand differences in wine, but I don't have any good vocabulary for it. I don't have any experience really with it. So it's nice to be able to sit here with somebody who um, at least has some experience serving wine to other people and can describe wines and use cool words like, like whatever the words were you used, you used uh, uh, jammy. That was one of Jammy. my. That was my favorite word because it was so. <laughs> it just like perfectly described the flavor that I was tasting. So. Well, just anything to keep it practical and not start to sound pretentious. That's my one thing. We don't want to be pretentious. Uh, no. No. Just so no. not a good thing. So. But we definitely want to give people an impression of what we're feeling and tasting at the time. So. Yeah, and I think I think this one was you know aptly named as blood wine for sure. It so was. Super ripe and mischievous and uh, trouble inducing. And so you could drink good. it whether you're celebrating or whether you're mourning or whether you're just freaking hungry and you want to have a good wine with what you're eating or <laughs> you're celebrating the destruction of your enemies or the funeral of your great leader or perfect your, for all occasions or your betrothal to Lursa and Basil <laughs> whatever the situation may be this is the wine for that festive commemoration it so is. that is it our is. take on blood wine, friends. That's so, right. Thank you for letting me be uh, a guest in this. Thank you so much. It is my great pleasure. I really appreciate it. All right. It. I'm going to have Scotty beam me up. Okay, and, that sounds uh, good. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, friends. Take care. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.